fired up. The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg. It is on its way. It is good! Cincinnati wins the American Championship! Cincinnati, a 20-point win tonight in Kansas City. Cincinnati is legit. Welcome to the national scene, Wes Miller and the Cincinnati Bearcats with the win. And guess what? The Joe Burrow era is just beginning. Welcome back. It is another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. As always, I'm Aaron Smith, joined by my two co-hosts, partners in crime, Jeff Howell and the self-proclaimed best producer in the city, Ed Mayhall, without his beard um, and sleeves. Um, but uh, we also have special guest, a uh, friend of the show. He's joined us once before, uh, impromptu, and uh, he is here with a shirt on, <laughs> not, not drunk. Uh, and we have uh, Nick Kirby. Nick, welcome to the show. You are on mute. I don't, I don't know if you caught that or not, but. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a pro, man. I, I mute right? myself and I, I unmute and come in and you gotta make the show sound crisp, man. I'm here for you. Fair enough. Man, I wish other people believed in doing that. <laughs> I, I get on my crew too, so cool. Well, uh welcome first for your first official spot with us. Um little bit about Nick though. Uh you kind of got your start uh to the podcast game just by putting together videos from what I know of. Um about the Reds, and it kind of took off from there, where you became kind of a, I don't know, like a just a, everybody who was in Reds Twitter was, you know, knew of Nick Kirby, whether it was a follow or whether it was because of the videos. And then all of a sudden, you had your late night Reds. So, what has this been like from the infancy of your uh, your rise to podcast guy who John Sadak is talking about on Reds broadcasts? <laughs> That's wild. That never gets normal. I don't really understand that. No, I actually started with Red Lake Nation. I've been writing with them since 2013. So that was pretty much what I did. I guess how a lot of Reds fans knew me was through writing, um, big stat guy. And then like during COVID, I really kind of, you know, randomly started getting into like video editing and uh, started trying to like collect old Reds games and edit footage and that's kind of just, I guess, become a passion. That's probably more of a passion than writing. I still write for Red League Nation, but not as much. And uh, then uh, my buddy Tim, who who I've I've known for you know a long time through Twitter, said, "Hey, you want to start a podcast?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And you know, we just started it very casually, and it's 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 picked up a little bit, and uh, you know, got a pretty good following. I was down at a, a Great American this weekend, and had a lot of people come up and say hi, and that was that was really cool, really really special. As someone, I, I live up in the Cleveland area. As someone who who you know isn't isn't in the city, it's really cool to be able to connect with people uh, and you know share my my passion for the uh, the old Red Legs. Speaking of not being in the city, uh, you're a fan of a team that's not in the city uh, because they reside in the city of Norwood, uh, Xavier University. So for the Bearcats people who follow us from uh, Bearcat Journal, uh, he is he is kind of the enemy. Uh, but again, you know it's it's tough supporting a team that's found itself in a city within a city. I don't know. They didn't have a first round exit of the TBT, right? Did they make it to? 
Oh, oh shit! Right. I mean, you're gonna bring it. I, right. I, I go. Fair. I go back to the rivalry game. Where I'm pretty sure they they got they took a tie, but that first beating, woof. <laughs> Just saying. Did you go um, to Xavier? No, no. So why are you a Xavier fan? Where does I that mean, come I, from? Yeah, only people who go to Xavier are Xavier fans. No, I mean, you know, I grew up in Cincinnati, and you know, I decided to support the winner. I, I don't. You Just like uh, schools with ugly campuses. <laughs> Good, good Catholic boy. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I, I was re- on that, one of my I was one on of my campus last week, and it is not appealing. <laughs> one one of my teachers in school was a big Xavier fan, and I, you know, when I was in elementary school, and I just, I don't know, I kind of caught on, and I don't know, you know. Fair you, enough. We all have our vices. It's fine. <laughs> um, Speaking of vices, I'm having a cookie. Huh. So we did. Unreal. Um, so the Cincinnati Reds, uh, this season has been, I, the best way to put it, has, has been a wash. Um, it's been a roller coaster since Phil Castellini opened his yap and uh, set the fan base in a tailspin. Um, I'm sure people who follow you on your late Reds know your opinion, but for those here, what has your opinion been on the season thus far since starting with Phil's comments and, and, and everything thereafter? I don't even know where to begin with that. Um, for me, I, I'm someone who's more probably middle of the road with ownership. Um, I Phil's comments were ridiculous over the top. Um, I, I'm not in love with the Castellinis by any stretch of the imagination, but I also don't think like, the Reds ownership group, at least spending wise, is really all that bad compared to other smaller markets. Cincinnati's a smaller market. So uh my my issue with the Castellans has far longer been, you know, like the meddling in, in, in the front office's decisions. My biggest issue was, you know, like back in 2015, holding on to players too long. So it, it's some weird, weird stretch of the imagination. It's hard for me. I feel like it almost would be hypocritical to be mad when they trade a player like Jesse Winker because that's kind of what we, you know, what we wanted years ago was holding on to players too long. Um, so I think ultimately what the Reds did this offseason was probably the right move uh, once you come to the fact that their payroll was going to be below $120 million. It is really hard for me, as optimistic as I am, to find any way, and I would love for someone, I would love for someone to say how how would the Reds have have competed this year with a under hundred twenty million dollar payroll? I I don't see it. So I think ultimately, probably what they did was probably the right move long term. As much as it you know sucked to punt on a season when you know you were coming off an eighty three win season. Uh, you know, time will ultimately tell on that. I hope th- I-, I don't mind the Reds trading players like Jesse Winker or Luis Castillo, uh, or even Tyler Malley or, or players that um, are, are like within you know a year and a half of control left. Uh, if they don't extend them early, I think the Reds should have tried to extend Luis Castillo maybe in 2020 instead of it's it's hindsight instead of some of the money they spent. You know, I think they might have been a little too um, aggressive trying to come out of the the long long rebuild you can say moose Uh, it's okay no i don't even want to i don't i don't want to i don't want to hindsight on moose himself you know because 
I, I, I feel like that's such cherry picking, you know? Um, and, and again, when Moose was signed, I don't think I, I said, oh, that's a bad signing. So if I didn't say it then, I'm not going to. I'm not going to come back now and say, yeah, that, you know what I mean? That that seems, you know, not fair. So I, I, I'll i sum it up with this. I hope that the next time the Reds, ha- the Reds should trade a Jesse Winker type player with a year and a half of control left, I hope that trading that player doesn't make them punt the next season. And I think you can get to that point because it seems like the Rays, like the Rays traded Blake Snell and then went to the World Series, right? So it's possible to do both. The Reds aren't in that spot, so it's going to take time for this kind of a plan to work, and, and I understand the frustration and the, the disappointment and all that. I mean, I've been a Reds fan just like anyone else, um, but I ultimately think it, it it can work, and again, if you're not going to spend $200 million in payroll, you got to make these kind of moves. How I much guess- of it do you think comes down to, and we've talked about this, and we talked about it early on uh, as it was happening, and then kind of trying to look back at some of the things. How much of it was like the optics and the what the front office slash Castellini's were all trying to say of like, you know, we're not cutting payroll, we're not shedding this, we're, you know, we're really trying to compete. And uh, you think it would have been better if they'd come out and been like, listen, we've got to, we've really, we really need to rebuild this team. We need to, change the way we're we're looking at this and not saying like you know we're gonna change our expectations and realign them with our payroll and this those kinds of things i think if they wouldn't have half-assed last year it probably would have been a lot easier to stomach this year you know um i think last year and again i don't want to again be too critical of last year with like what nick crawl did because i enjoyed last season so much and and an 83 win season, and maybe I'm I'm stupid or naive or whatever. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't have any regrets getting invested in. It was a fun season. It yeah. didn't work. It didn't work out, but I enjoyed it. And that ultimately, that's why I watch baseball. Um, but I think if if you know ownership would have said, "All right, well, hey, we've we've sucked most of the time. We're here. Um, this is probably our last hurrah. We're not trading Nick Castellanos. You know, we're not trading Jesse Winker and Luis Castillo then." And, and they had tried a little bit more, you know, like maybe signed to Marcus Simeon in the offseason and, and kept Rysel. Like, you do those two things, that's $30 million-ish. That team, it's hard to say how they wouldn't have made the playoffs, you know? So I, I, that's what makes this season tough. But I, I think, give them crap for last season, but ultimately I think what they did this season is probably the right move, if, if that makes sense. Well, here's where I'll disagree is I think that there were knee-jerk reactions to the general public in regards to like the Mike Miner signing or just some of the things that happened after Phil opened his mouth and basically said, to sum it up, where are you going to go? People have been going anywhere else but the ballpark, largely speaking, as this stadium is seeing record lows since its inception. And I, I like to go to FC Cincinnati when I don't FC, go to a Reds game. You said that wrong. It's mid Cincinnati. Um, but um, they, cause all they do is tie it. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel like the, the ownership while they say they're here trying to win and they do these things and then they, they largely get shit on by the general public. 
And then they come out and, and do some weird things with payroll, trying to show they're spending money again. Like it, it, none of it made sense. So I think some of the moves were about cutting money. I don't think Jesse Winker, the Jesse Winker trade was really all about cutting money. I don't think that that trade in particular had all that much. I think it was trying to capitalize on his value. To get rid of Suarez, yes, I, I would agree. To, But that, well, again, goes back to money. Well, my counter would be, does Jesse Winker have more value in the offseason or does he have more value now? He's 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 lost value. And he hasn't even got hurt this year yet. Suarez, on the other hand, is yeah. value. He has, but has he made up the difference of what Winker? I'm not mad about that trade. So I, I, I guess I, I want to. I probably should have prefaced everything with that. Is that trade didn't bother me? Even the um, I know some people got upset about um, Tucker Barnhart and and that um, the Wade Miley thing bothered me as they replaced Wade Miley. And obviously, in hindsight, we know that he's been injured this season, and that's been kind of a thing, but so has Mike Miner. Um, but I, it, that seemed like a one-for-one one at the end of the day, and I, I don't understand why any of that happened. Um, but it just, again, it just there were some some head-scratching things that happened after after the trade, and, and people got upset. Yeah, I mean, Wade Miles only made four starts this year. So. so he came off the DL and went right back on, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be curious to know what the Reds knew about Wade Miley. Because we have no idea. I mean, they could have sure. said, "Hey, this dude's arms washed." You know, I, I, I and I, I'm just speculating. But he yeah. only made he's only made four starts. Look, the Mike Miner signing has not been good. No, but it's been bad. You can but, I know you can't say bad because you are the eternal optimist. But he's I'll been say it he's been terrible. I was there, there you go. There was, you go. Let I, it fly. I was there on Saturday. I mean. <laughs> But again, Mike Miner was just a fill-in guy. I mean, you know, I think they had cut their payroll down. They were told they had a $120 million budget. That one didn't work. But the Tommy Pham one has looked pretty good. The Donovan Solano ones look pretty good. They may get something back for those guys. So, I mean, the I think... Look fantastic. Yeah, it was, yeah. was only $900,000. So, I mean, I guess we can sit all day about Mike Miner. I don't think Mike Miner was brought here to be good. I think Mike Miner was brought here to be a dude that could throw some innings. And eat, and, eat innings, and, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he hasn't really ate the innings very well. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you hope you hope in the second half, you know, he can at least just... You know, the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to be rushing dudes up here that aren't ready. And at some point, Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft, maybe not Nick Lodola because he's been hurt so much, they're going to run into an innings limit. And you're going to need, like, even bad bitchers just to kind of be there. So, I, I don't know. The Mike Miner, it, it's weird but i i also like whatever it, it's money that's it's on a one-year deal like it doesn't it's not like they sign mike minor they traded for mike minor he's got like three years of control he's just a fill-in guy this year so i think the mike minor thing really ruffled a lot of people's feathers kind of obviously before the uh the wade miley situation started kind of fleshing itself out where he started on the dl and, and I know you tweeted about it, like, I don't know, it's probably two months ago. Like, what did they know, bef like, when that whole, like, just kind of letting him walk, when that happened? Like, what did they actually know then? Because obviously some, they had to have known something. Like, it wasn't just a, I mean, I guess it could have been a freak thing that he, he's been injured this much and not, you know, been able to, to make very many starts. Um, so I, I think the Mike Miner thing then seemed a lot more like, you could have had Wade Miley, who was already at least productive here, um, 
and now you're kind of taking a flyer on a guy. And we know uh, how much it, Cincinnati loves their uh, no-hitters. Well, there's also one other piece to that. Um, I'll try to explain it the best I can. The Reds had to make a decision on Wade Miley before uh, his, his contract would have been tendered. So one thing that, that getting rid of Wade Miley back then did was it gave them flexibility. Again, it, uh, this is once you get past ownership and we're talking into the front office and what they decided. Um, I like to talk in terms of what front office does. But the ownership, I, I, okay, like what it, it's been more. Okay, then your conversation's over. Like, you know, there's not really, I don't feel any value to that. So the front office, though, the one thing they didn't want to do was I don't think they wanted to be forced to trade Sonny Gray. Because if they had held on to Wade Miley, when you start looking at the money, they would have had to dump Sonny Gray if if they had, had held on to Wade Miley. So I think that also might have been a piece of this. Because um, um, again, if you if you if you have to trade a guy, you and teams know that you any leverage you have is gone. So I don't know that might have played something to do had something to play with in it too. So I'm I like Nick Kroll. I, I'll be the first to say that I, I think he's been dealt a shit sandwich and has done the very best he has been able to do with no support from the front office um, in that regard. But I don't know, I guess in my estimation, like this, it just seems that the front office is meddling uh, since they've been here. I, I feel like they've been meddling and ownership. yes, I'm sorry. The ownership ownership has been, been meddling. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like the, the, the fan base largely has, has not given Nick crawl a fair shake. I know people are starting to turn on David Bell, who he's never been dealt anything remotely good he's he's made you know uh, i don't know you can you can what what's the saying you can put lipstick on a pig but it, whatever you know i mean he's done the best he could with yes the, that's the saying the tools that he had thank you ed uh Welcome. with with the tools that he's he's been given like none of these guys that the people are actually coming after have have really done anything to warrant the the pitchforks i guess yeah i'm, I'm definitely i I'm glad someone like doesn't think Nick Kroll's just off, completely off. I, I don't think we know enough about Nick Kroll to really judge him yet. He's been put. He's been put in place to be a scapegoat. Yeah, I mean, so I, again, I, I don't, I don't really like the thing I didn't like last year was uh, at the beginning of the season, everyone's like, "Oh, it's ownership that that stinks." Nick Kroll's fine. He's not. And then, like, once the season gets going, and everyone like just turns on him, it's like, why? Like just because it, things went south, like I, I didn't really understand that last year. Um, I think the the Nick Crawl, I think the the ire that he draws is based on uh, the fact that he was kind of he's kind of the one that they always you know when they have like a statement that they need to make right like reference the payroll or the team the direction things are going like it's like it's always him out front so it's his face it's him making these statements that are you know if you have any any interest further into the team than thanks Ed. If you have any interest into the team further than being kind of a, I guess, casual fan, you know, that these statements he he's making are at the direction of ownership, right? Like the, the whole like realigning payroll comments and, and all those things. Uh, and I think that's where he has kind of drawn the ire of maybe the casual fan. Um, and then it, like David Bell, uh, 
he has his quirks and I think a lot of them have been taken away from him because he can't double switch every other inning. Um, <laughs> so like I, that drove me nuts. Um, just because, but, uh, yeah, with the DH, he can't, he's not doing that quite as much. Um, and I also think that he, he's, you know, been given like two thirds of a team every year and, uh, kind of expected to try to make it work. Um, maybe not even two thirds of a team, maybe really a third of a team. And, uh, I, I think he's had decent success for what he's been given. I would like to see what he can do with a team that like, where they're like kind of quote unquote all in. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the only year that maybe you could say they've underachieved. I mean, you know, you go back to 2020. I mean, that was such a weird year. And, you know, that team came back and won 10 of the last 12 games to reach the playoffs. I know, like, everyone just, like, pushes that aside. That was a great year. I feel like David Bell had a lot to do with that. I mean, you know... if, If any season a manager has something to do with it, it's that season where... Man, it would have been so easy to say, "Up, oh, this isn't our year." You know, it, the world's burning. You know, all you know what I mean. And yeah. but but that team rallied and 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 made a run at the end of the year. And I think he probably deserves credit for that. Last year, I mean, the team won eighty three games, and I don't think most people thought that team would win eighty three games. So I, I don't I don't really get the 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 David Bell. I mean, again, we need to see both of those guys what they can do. You know, with uh with a better roster, Nick's crawl is going to need time. You, you can win with a $120 million payroll. Um, the Mariners have a smaller payroll than the Reds right now. The Brewers are like right neck and neck with the Reds. You can win with that payroll, but you can't rush winning. It, it has to be, you know, it takes time to build that type of team. And I, I hope what we've seen on Nick crawl is, is, is the signs that he's building towards that. And this is a big deadline coming up for him. When the Reds ownership, cries poor are you an empathizer or are you somebody who's like come on man i wish it shut up about it like no one cares like i i don't i don't i'm in the middle i'm in the middle on this because again like you look at pittsburgh and you look at cleveland and you look at their payrolls and it's minuscule compared to the reds so i i don't necessarily like want to come at them with pitchforks about what they spend could they spend more yeah could the Cardinals spend more? Yeah. Could the Dodgers probably spend more? Yeah. I think all these teams could probably spend more. So, but I also like, just don't use that as an excuse. Like just, I, there shouldn't be any excuses at this point. Like just no one, like I, I don't, the Reds have not been great with PR in the last like couple of years. And like, even if you're right, just shut up. Like just take, take your lumps and move on. No one is going to, no one is going to uh, empathize with you. The only thing that's going to fix anything is winning, and you're just going to have to wait it out. So, yeah. I don't I've been boycotting them all season, not buying any Reds gear, not going to any games, which is the first year in a long time uh, that didn't involve COVID that I can actually say that. Um, so it, it pains me. But um, in I any case. During, I went during the COVID games. Yeah, you had a poster there. so Counts. Okay, that's huge. Thank you. Well, it's not that big. It was pretty small. <laughs> it was the same as everybody else has said. There were there were there were parameters on that. I'll say it was average. You're right. Okay. 
wait a minute speaking of, of what you just said there ed and the, the line you went I, I had to go through nick's uh media posts on his twitter today to find the, the right picture to put on mike Sosha's body uh for that tweet and i came across a clip that nick <laughs> tweeted out about you talking about joey vado's knob I've never seen this clip. It's pretty funny. You were talking about how Joey Votto had a big knob. Oh, let's go find this. You really, you really sold it too. I mean, <laughs> it's a good clip. I remember, I remember I'm, that conversation. I'm, I'm actually, I was actually surprised that it 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 didn't do better as a tweet. I thought that there would be a, a lot more uh, comments on it, but oh, Lord, um. Bring it back. So uh, I might have to. <laughs> so here we are now with the Reds in a position where they have done about what we all expected with this team. Um, they are not doing well, and and they have the arguably best trade piece in all of baseball in Luis Castillo. Um, before we get to the Nick Kirby trade machine. They did have a draft to try and improve. And the very first pick of that draft came at number 18. Cam Collier, a 17-year-old dog, was a uh, a JUCO player, skipped his senior year of high school. Um, I think he had like eight home runs in JUCO. Um, third base, they followed that up in the supplemental draft with uh, the – Nick Castellanos pick, if you will, uh, for Nick signing with the Phillies. And it was a, another third baseman, um, which we all know. Anybody who follows any type of baseball draft, you, you draft best available. You don't worry about the positions, especially at that age, 17 years old, two 17-year-olds in a row. You can kind of put them where you want to put them. The bat is probably the most important thing anyway. Um, I mean, we got Moose out there. He started at second, at third. He's not been good at either position. I'm just calling it what it is. Um, but the Reds made some some good, at least on paper, it looks like some good picks, especially the first pick being a consensus top 10 guy. Uh, what did you make of the Reds draft as a whole, as you've probably glossed over uh, about as much as any of us um, here that, that aren't like the, the minor league deep divers? Yeah, I mean, Cam Collier, I mean, he was uh, on some of the draft boards as high as number two. Uh, so getting him at 18 is 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 a steal for the Reds. Um, I mean, you never know how these players are really going to work out until you, um, you know, until, until, until they, they, they come, you know, through the system. But Were you surprised he signed? Um, no, because... The way it was, this is this is not me speaking. This is kind of the way it's been explained to me because I I'm not a huge draft guy. I'm not going to pretend that I am. Uh, but the way it was explained to me was, I mean, the Reds had extra money this year um, because they sure. had because they had. Well, it, it's not the Reds had more money than the Dodgers this year, which is just for draft draft money. Um, because they had more picks uh, because they had the, they had two comp picks. Um, so they have more money to spend. So um, the Reds were able to take him where a team, once he like fell like past like eight, a lot of those other teams weren't going to take him because he was going to want more money than their, the, than other players they could get at that, at that pick. So 
you know, for the Reds, it worked out. Um, man, everything I've heard about about him uh, is that he's a you know absolute professional and 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 just great grades well at everything. Um, so lefty, yeah. So you know, it's gonna. He's only seventeen, so it's gonna be a long time probably before we see him. There's um, some people that think he could be up here by nineteen years old. It's possible. I mean, he basically with the same rattles Bryce Harper. Right. And, and it sounds like he was the only player that's really done that um, where they reclassified and, and went to Juco. So um, the fact that he was able to do that and compete, he's competing against kids a lot older than him, um, which is impressive and still, you know, putting up you know, really good, you know, eye popping numbers that, that attracted scouts. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, he's, he's a great piece. Um, he's probably going to slide in uh, to like the top five reds prospects right away. So, you know, the Reds farm system is, I know people hate talking about it, but it's its going to be absolutely loaded, especially after the trade deadline. It's going to maybe be the best Reds system since uh, Bruce and Vada were in, the, were, in, were, were in together. And the Reds, have, but the Reds have not had great systems pretty much since then. They've had like one year where they were really good. But for the most part, the Reds have been in the bottom half um, with the farm system, which is why there was a 17,000 year rebuild. Um, because they weren't replacing with with good talent. Um, you can say all you want about spending. Reds can raise their payroll quite a bit. They're not doing anything unless they 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 draft well, they develop well, they, they acquire young talent. Because you look at the Dodgers, they're spending two hundred something million dollars. They've got a, half of their rosters making league minimum, so they're they're spending and then also having these these league, that's why they're so dominant right now because they have a dominant farm system they have a dominant spending they're doing both so the reds definitely have to do the the one right very good um i don't want to dive too much more into the draft i'll, I'll let you off the hook there uh, without going really any farther um but i know that your passion lies in the the nick kirby trade machine hold on Oh. Before we get to the Nick Kirby trade machine, I need to hear Nick Kirby's thoughts on moving Tyler Stevenson to first base. We can't now. And, He's a broken and, collarbone. And, and why it's a bad idea. Because I know that I couldn't find the tweet, but I know at some point you put a tweet out that like compared his numbers to like the average first baseman's numbers and the value doesn't Match well, the reason the same Nick, as, I got your back. as a catcher. I got your back, Nick. The reason why we should not move him to first base right now is because he has a broken collarbone. You probably should not let anybody with a broken collarbone play first base. Good take. Good take. Thank you. So, I mean, there's two things. Two things here. Number one is Tyler Stevenson is an elite hitting catcher. Tyler Stevenson is a slightly above average hitting first baseman. Tyler Stevenson is probably like Rowdy Telez as a first baseman hitting wise. I mean, he's just. There's so much value lost in that. Um, so, I mean, I, you have to, I mean, when you get, look, look at the guys the Reds are playing a catcher. And you can say, well, they should have kept Tucker Barnes. Tucker Barnes is like a 516 OPS right now. It is so hard to find a good hitting catcher. Man, when you have it, it makes every other piece of roster construction so much easier. And for a team that's going to be limited financially, you've got to maximize that. But the second second thing, probably the most important thing, is Tyler Stevenson doesn't want to move. He doesn't want to move. He's going to lose so much money if he moves off catcher. So he's probably your best hitter. 
you're able to piss off your best hitter and lose his value at the same time. Brandon Drury would like a word. Well, Brandon Drury's gonna be gone next week. <laughs> Good luck. That Brandon. is true. Him and <laughs> yeah. Him and Luis. They'll be gone. I mean, the, the things that have happened to Tyler Stevenson this year have got to be the most accidents. like like just the absolute worst timing freak accidents because you, you know you've got he, he breaks his thumb whatever like and then you got people are like oh you got to move him and he has a concussion and you got to move him and then it's like no like those are like freak things and then he breaks his collarbone on a, a, foul, a foul ball that just like you know it, it just happens like what are you gonna do about that and then of course you've got everybody that's like he's and i admittedly early on was like you know maybe you do look at moving him to first base um and then kind of looking into it. And then, like, I remember, like, when you tweeted that out, I was, like, started to look at some stuff. And I was like, that makes sense. But to the counterpoint and argument of that is, like, if he's going to be a catcher and always be hurt, like, then you have, like, zero value there. Yeah. I I think it's a, it's a good risk. And it's a risk he wants to take, too. Again, I would feel totally different if Tyler Stevens says, I want to move out of catcher. It's a totally different conversation. Mm-hmm. If the doctors themselves are saying he needs to move. It's a totally different conversation. But if neither one of those things are true, I think you got to write it out. I mean, I guess the optimistic thing is to say, well, it's good that all these fluke injuries happened this year and not, you know, in 2024, you know, right. when they actually have a chance. So I don't know. I guess that's the, the glass half full way of looking at it. The eternal optimist way. Goodness. So all right, Aaron, you can on. move into the, the, the Nick Kirby trade machine. Nick Kirby trade machine. So how how much time have you spent this season in the in the trade machine, Nick? Oh, daily, daily. I, I send a lot of DMs to Clay. I don't tweet it out anymore because like no one can take any like like <laughs> the, so I, I did one uh thing for um I I did one potential trade for late night red stock and it got a ton of traction, but it was like but the wild thing is, is so like it started out all these Reds here saying that's a terrible trade. That's they're, they're they're getting nothing back, and then like the Dodgers fans found it and they said, oh, that's a terrible trade. The Dodgers would never give all that up. So I was like, well, I guess I nailed it because I made both sides mad. So I mean, I guess it's a good trade. But so no, but yeah, I I, I spend I spend a lot of time. I I just typically don't tweet it out. I spent a lot of time last year to be honest with Jesse Weaker looking at his value because I. But I would never tweet it out because, you know, I would have got killed. Nick, I just want you to know that NickKirbyTradeMachine.com is available for a penny, and I'm buying it up right now. You better get it while it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Ed's so, here for. So what do you got, Nick? What uh, what do you – I mean, well, let's first go with off, this. Go, go down your list of guys you think are going to be gone next week because you've already said Brandon Drew is going to be gone next week. Yeah, I mean, I would say my – Luis Castillo is my one for sure. I would say my next tier that I'm pretty sure is Drury and Kyle Farmer. Nick Kirby. I think Kyle Farmer is more likely to get traded than Tyler Malley. I mean, what a throw in that was, right? I mean, he was like the yeah the throw in at the end of the what the at the bottom of the Homer Bailey trade. Yeah, I I think Kyle Farmer. Uh, I love Kyle Farmer. I, I don't understand why he gets so much crap. Um, it, the funny thing about Kyle Farmer is, is 
how things how the tide has turned. Like the Reds should trade Kyle Farmer because they're not competing. But if the Reds were competing right now, is there any rational take that would say that Kyle Farmer shouldn't be the starting shortstop? Like, there's no way you could make the case that Barrero should be playing over him if the Reds were competing, right? Isn't right. that wild how how things have flipped in a year? I mean, I have so I've I've been a Kyle Farmer stan from from jump. Like whenever he was when he was thrown in, I was actually like, okay, I like went and looked it up. I'm like, okay, he's actually like that's a that's a good dude. That he's versatile. You know, we we haven't at the time. I don't think we really had much of like we'd never had really like a, a utility guy that was like worth a damn. Um, that was and also so, a catcher. And so I was like, right, exactly. So I'm like, look, like this guy could, he can catch, you know, he can play in the field. And then like my favorite stat to throw out at people when they're like, he, he's an awful shortstop. He should never be there. He's actually a catcher. And I'm like, you realize he has the fielding percentage record at Georgia for at shortstop. Like he was, he's the best shortstop they've had at Georgia. So like he knows what he's doing there. And it's very clear. And yeah, he he was up and down, and then he had like a, you know obviously a, a he changed my name. He had a a, a fantastic uh, was it was it July was it a, was it July where he like really like took off at the plate last year. Yeah, the same then time had, Joey Votto did. He had a good September too. Right. So, and I know that like the popular hashtag was Nick Kirby hates Kyle Farmer. That that was that was so wild because. So I wanted the Reds to go get Trevor Story last year. And it turned out, like, Nick Kirby hates Kyle Farmer. But then it didn't happen. I was like, okay, whatever. And then everyone at Jose Barrero caught up. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm not so sure I I would just hand the reins over to a prospect in the middle of, like, a pennant chase. Kyle Farmer's been fine. And, like, so it, like, completely flipped. And so I just pissed everyone off, which is typically what I do online. So I mean, like, and, and, like, as far as Barrero goes, since you brought him up, like how awful of a, a of a spot is he kind of in? Because I mean, Eli De La Cruz is kind of like running up behind him, and, and you know he's he's not really doing anything for them to be like, you know, let's bring Barrero up now and you know get him get him some starts up here and see what he can do because he's last I checked, which wasn't like super recent ago, but like within the last couple of weeks, like he wasn't really doing so hot uh, down. In the minor leagues, Barrero, yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, he had an injury, so look, I'm not giving up on the guy by by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and, and I think they just need to trade Kyle Farmer now, just you know, because you do need to see what you got in Barrero, and, and Farmer's going to become too expensive next year. Now that he's played shortstop a whole year, he's already over like three and a half million. He's going to be probably in the five six million range. For where the Reds are at, I just I don't see how they could spend that much on on Farmer, and I think he has some trade value at, yeah. at where he's at right now. So I think you got to capitalize on that now. Um, and and you know, hey, good for that's awesome. That is crazy that Kyle Farmer has trade value. I would have never thought that at the beginning of last year, and you know, good for him. And, and there's a lot of teams that could use that uh, a guy that can play multiple positions, play shortstop at a capable level, and destroys left-handed pitching. Absolutely destroy them. I mean, it's not a fluke at this point. Like he destroys left-handed pitching. So who else you got on the guys that are going oh, to real, be gone? Real quick, did you guys know that Kyle Farmer was in the movie The Blind Side? I did. Listen to the Jim Day podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it the Jim Day podcast? I was literally just searching Kyle Farmer, and it came up. He's he was the quarterback right here. 
So that's interesting. How about that? And that's my information. Thanks, Ed. Hmm? Back to me. Uh, my next category would be Mally, probably all on his own. Mally's kind of interesting because the, the, I don't know if you guys heard, the qualifying offer sounds like it's going to continue. Um, so I don't know if, if a guy like Tyler Malley, if the Reds aren't, I think they're shopping him for sure, and I think they should be shopping him. But I wonder if the Reds aren't getting that package return that they are looking for. If they think about, huh, you know, hey, maybe we'll keep Tyler Malley, um, you know, reassess in the offseason um, where his value is. Maybe he has a big second half and increases his value. Hard to see how, you know, he would really increase his value just because he would lose, you know, that like second that you know pennant chase run um but the fact that you worst case scenario if you just hold on to him um and maybe thinking about extending him but even if you lose him you could still qualify or offer him next year and get a really high quality draft pick which might not be all that big of a gap between what the return is you know i, I again i don't know i don't know what teams are offering um, they have to kind of weigh all that in, but that could throw. That's what kind of throwing me a wrench about Mally is that the qualifying offer coming back. So, um, and then the next tier would be like guys like Fam and Solano and Naquin. Uh, I think Naquin, as much as I love him, and I think he's done a great job for the Reds. I think he's probably like a giveaway piece. I don't think they're going to really get anything for him. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing um, because you do have guys like even the Stuart Fairchilds that hey you know what, why not give those guys a run? I don't know. Naquin's 31. It has a lot of injury concerns. I don't know about like an extension for him unless it's really cheap. Solano, man, I really like him. Um, again, if, if, if someone's offering anything is substantial, yeah, I mean, you got I think you got to move him, but if not, I mean, he's a guy, I guess you could, you know, kind of fill a gap. He's a guy I'd love to see back next year on the exact same contract if he's willing to sign it again because he's going to be like 35. Um, but, man, he's been an awesome hitter. I mean, I wish this guy would have been healthy all year. Um, See, so yeah, I mean, that's probably all. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe a guy like Jeff Hoffman, although he's hurt right now. I don't know. Maybe he gets into some discussions. Um, I, I don't I don't think they're going to move Moustakis. Um, I think if they do, they're going to get crushed. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, we, we referred to uh, Moustakis, I think it was last week or the week before, um, as a trade anchor. Um, you know, like if you put him in a trade, we know what it's for. It's to get rid of the contract. And at that point, you're kind of making the return, you know, Whatever you're not getting anything back, you're diminishing your return. You're, yeah. you're not going to be you're not going to be building your farm system like you need to be doing by capitalizing on on the value of obviously Castillo. Like that's a no brainer. Um, you bring up Farmer, yeah, it would suck like fan popularity wise probably to trade Kyle Farmer with a lot of people, but he's never never going to be more valuable to the team than he is probably as a trade piece right now. So. Yeah, it's kind of similar to like a, a winker situation. Not that I think that like Kyle Farmer is going to fall off the face of the planet or whatever. Like, but you're, he's going to be more expensive. And right now you're trying, you're looking at building your team towards a 2024 seems to be what everybody is talking about. Clay brought 2024 up the first time that we uh, had him on right after the, uh, the trades happened. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think you've uh, probably hit the nail on the head with a lot of those there, Nick Kirby. The only thing, only thing I could like be fine with Bustakis is if you know you get a good deal for like a Castillo or even a Mali, and uh, Mike Bustakis is is thrown in, um, and, and where the Reds are eating the majority of the money. So maybe it's you know the Reds getting what they want, and then asking, hey, will you? We'll pay all of Mike Moustakas' contract, except you're going to pay that five four million dollar buyout in 2024. I would love to just get Mike Moustakas off the team and have other guys that can play. Um, so I, again, that would be my only say: is have some. If you see Mike Moustakas' name listed in a trade, make sure you look how much are the Reds paying of that, because there's no way the Reds are going to get someone to pay all of it. Look at how much money it is. If it's like a couple million dollars, that probably didn't kill the return. It was probably just the Reds getting, you know, something to sweeten the the deal. Um, um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you get two deals and they're both like comparable and they're both like kind of what you want and say, you know, say, hey, you take you take four million dollars from Mike Musakis in 2024. And, you know, again, that's a year we're thinking the Reds are probably looking at at, at being more aggressive spending. And four million dollars can help. So I would look at the money first before, you know, you you want to punch your wall. I don't want to see him involved in anything. Uh, just I, I I want them to eat this contract every day that he's on the contract for having signed the contract, then crying poor. I don't want them to just trade, eat the contract, pay somebody else to take like that. I don't know. Like you, you deserve to have to look at him every day. You did this. You did this. Um, is there anybody that you didn't include on your list that if you were Nick Crawl, you would be looking to move? I don't know if I'm brave enough, but um, put yourself out there, Nick. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you would have a conversation with Votto if he's willing to, um, you know, go somewhere else and and, and do the the uh, wave is the trade. Get out. Unless we're trading Joey Votto to a team that is winning a World Series this year or next year because he deserves a World Series ring, get out. Well, then right. that, that's the only team he'd be getting traded to would be a team that thinks yeah. they could win a World Series, right? Then, okay, that's fair. You can stay. Yeah, I mean, I don't You know, that's, I, I guess, you know, maybe a, a conversation. Um, You know, I mean, he's... Again, it's just uh, what do we think the Reds are going to be doing next year? So I, I don't know. I mean, it it probably would it would hurt, but and it might be the right thing to do for the Reds and for Votto. I, I don't know. I, I don't really know on that. I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. But I guess that's the only other only other player that can really, you know, really. Uh, I'm thinking. I guess maybe like a Matt Reynolds, but I, I just don't see like any of those other guys really having any any more value. Well, if anybody Nick wanted... Senzel. Uh I mean I I I wouldn't trade him now. I mean I I'd ride out and see what you got. I just think you'd be selling super If we low. don't trade him now, yeah. he will be broken into a million pieces by next season. Because he's a he's a what do they call those things? Fragile doll or something. I mean, sure if it, if a team is offering you a something of substantial value for Sinzel, then sure, but I just I don't see that 
I guess really the question. I guess really the question is. I'll take a large LaRosa's who, pizza for him. Who's who's off limit? Does the team have anybody that you would say like that's absolutely off limits? Like regardless of what like somebody's offering, like those guys are off limits. Um, I mean, I I, I would never say anyone's completely off limits. Because I mean, like again, if if someone offers you the world for Jonathan India, okay, well, sure, maybe I'm considering it. But I mean, I would say like almost certainly off limits would be um, India, Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft, Stevenson. Um, the other guys that could be it would be like um, Luis Cesar or Lucas Sims would have been potential guys that that maybe dealt, but they're mm-hmm. both hurt, so. And those are really probably the only only guys I would say are probably as close to off limits as you could you could have. So, what do you think the odds are that the Reds come away with what we look back two, three years from now on this Luis Castillo trade that you think is all but done at some point, uh, not knowing what team he's going to, but he is he's gone, good as gone. Do you think they come out successful? That's a it's a hell of a question. Um, man, it's 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 so hard because it's you know I mean you can make what the industry views as a perfect trade and it blows up. I mean, there's been plenty. You could look through trade deadline histories of 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 trades that the industry said was was great at the time and it looked terrible, and then you could look at trades that everyone thought were. <laughs> were bad trades and they turn out to be great. Like every, every trade Tampa's ever made. Well, like Dan Straley for Luis Castillo yeah. uh, at, the, at the time, nobody heralded that trade as something that was going to put the reds in this position. Uh, going back to Johnny Cueto, who I believe was traded on this day. Um, I think I saw that somewhere today, um, but that trade was hot garbage. Um So I don't know where, where, where are you leaning? And of course, as the eternal optimist, I'm sure you're, Meaning that they take care of business, but I mean, I would, I would say it's probably like sixty forty. It works out just because of of the type of player that Castillo is getting back. But um, I mean, there's there's plenty of of quality prospects that don't pan out. So I mean, I would say with Castillo, it, it's more likely than not that what you get back turns out to be you know good. Um, the other ones are really probably more of a coin flip. Some are going to be less like. Brandon Drew returns probably um, maybe 20% that that player turns out to be a good player that you get back. But I still think that's a good uh, lottery ticket type number for the Reds sure. because you need people can say, well, th- that guy's only 20%. Well, if you keep getting guys that are 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, then you're going to have a couple that actually do pin out. One it, of five is going to work out, right? Yeah. It's, it, with with prospects and, and and all that kind of stuff, it's it's more about quantity, really. Sometimes the the quality, just having as many you know good or solid ones or ones with upside as you can, and because the numbers say some of these guys are going to work, some of these guys aren't. Fair, that's fair. Jeff, what what other? Uh, well, we have Nick on the hot seat, and he's he's given us a little bit more than than just the optimistic side. I, I like the dark the dark side of Nick Kirby. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say real quick. I'll say real quick. So sometimes, like, you know, 
I just don't like to join the noise. Like sometimes I'm just like I'm not gonna tweet something out. Like there's a lot of times like I start to tweet something, I just go, yeah, it's not, it's not worth it. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna. Just... Weird. Yeah. So I, I I delete a lot of tweet. I I don't I I started tweeting. Yeah. You know what? I, I've tried to. I've come a long way in this. I used to just tweet whatever was on my mind, and now I'm kind of like, yeah, you know what? Is this adding any value to the world? Nope. Would you no. say would you say that's like due to like I don't know like growing up and maturity? That and then also you just get so much shit if you you know and, and also it's also kind of weird and I don't I don't know like I don't want to say this like and sound I don't know douchey but like I've started getting like 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 uh, players' wives that follow me <laughs> so like you know like like just I guess people like think I. There's so many people that like I get questions like I get direct message. Do you know if the bridge is open for parking? I'm like, dude, I live in Cleveland. Like I don't cover the Reds, <laughs> so I so sometimes like I I don't want to like again. I I just I'm like you know I I try to think if that person saw that tweet like you know like they go on Twitter and you're bashing my son you know <laughs> like <laughs> so sometimes it's it's about that too and you know I I leave that to just you know like texting Clay and you know. I, I wish I could remember who the player was, but Clay took a, a swipe at a guy last year, and now I it can't. was the center fielder. He he was up for, and then he ended up in Japan. And, and he... uh, Scott Heineman. There it yes. is. The legend. Yeah. And then then he he came back with, with a vengeance on Clay, and then Clay I guess told him like, shouldn't you be like getting ready to you know, take the field in Japan or something because it's like the middle of the night or. I, I won't say the player's name, but there's a, a player that's in the Reds Hall of Fame that I don't think is deserving in the Reds Hall of Fame. And I, I tweeted about it once and like his kids like found the tweet and came at me. And like, you know, that was when I was kind of like, I was like, you know, like, this is stupid. Like, man, I'm just trying to have a conversation. Like, I'm not trying to really bash your dad or whatever, but it's kind of like, eh, I don't want to like, you know, I would hate like if, if that was my dad, I went on Twitter and there's some doofus named nick kirby tweet my dad doesn't belong in the reds hall of fame like so again that's kind of why sometimes i just like i just don't want to add to the noise i'm a pretty positive and optimistic person but i i I do you know i i can i can dabble in the negative side kick nervy doesn't know what he's talking about (laughs) (laughs) so i I don't tweet anyone doesn't belong in the reds hall of fame anymore (laughs) it's probably sound advice who, as far as far as like since you this is kind of wrapping back to the the beginning of this whole conversation like uh, are the the opportunities that you've been kind of afforded here like the thing like experiences that you've had since you've kind of started the, the podcast game and then like coming to because i'll tell you like when you when you were in boston and you popped up on the tv and then like they're like that's nick kirby from, i was like that that's that's pretty damn cool that's big time yeah, that, that's big time Nick Kirby right there. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I I never you know kind of expected that, but yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I again I I'm just just like most other people. I just I like the Reds. I I try to stay positive. Um, you know, for me, like I got two young kids. Like I don't, I don't need to spend all day being mad about a baseball team. And I used to be that guy. And and not to keep harping on this, but. In 2012, I could not stand Dusty Baker because I really kind of got into the analytical side and I realized how just against the grain that went. 
And to be honest, a lot of that season, I was just like so upset that I didn't really like take the time to enjoy it. And I don't know, at some point, like during the rebuild, like in 2018 or something, I was like, man, if the Reds are ever like competitive again, like I'm not going to be complaining about stupid things. So I I don't know. I just, I I try to stay positive, you know, again, me being mad about it's not going to change anything. So just going to make me worked up for no good reason and be in a sour mood. I mean, getting worked up is what got Mike Miner signed by the masses. So, congratulations, Reds. One time, Andy Furman called me a clown on Twitter. Did you deserve it? No, probably a hundred percent. What did you say for, for that? Yeah, I found it. It was December thirteenth, two thousand twelve. He just said, "Who is this clown, Ed Mayhaw?" 7.30 a.m. Why did he... Why did he? 7.30 a.m.? Yeah. <laughs> what was your tweet to him? It's yeah, not on here anymore. It must have been an old tweet. You like it must have been it? An old, it must have been like an old account that I had. Burner. I can't believe somebody I, tweeted. It was 2012. What year was the, what year was the, uh, the Bearcats fight? And what year did we kick your ass in, in the Crosstown shootout? Didn't Xavier win that game? Yeah, well, I mean, they won the game. They win the fight. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> unreal. Uh, so was that the, your, your first time hanging out with everybody, like, in person this 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 weekend? It was the first time I ever met Carlos, and actually the first time I ever met Clay, too, in person. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I met Tim several times before. Um yeah, it was first time, and you know, met a lot of other people, and that, that's really cool. So, yeah. I mean, have you ever actually seen him and Jeff Carr in the same room, though? Yes. Uh, the The time I came in May, uh, they were both standing next to each other. Okay. So. Just wanted to make sure that was indeed a thing. Do you want to know the get... sto- story behind that? I mean, yeah. you can see the story behind that as they look the same. Oh, so. So we were at uh, Holy Grail, and we were talking with uh, Sarah Lee, Elise, uh, and she she looked over and told her husband, she said, oh, that's Jeff Carr over there, and it was it was Tim. And so we we had some good fun with that all weekend, <laughs> that, that Sarah was, Elise thought. Uh, that was, was this Jeff weekend Carr. she thought he was Jeff yep. Carr, or was that like, oh, okay. That was this weekend, yeah. He was, and it, Tim was kind of had his head turned, and like they both have the beard, and you know, Jeff Carr would probably be the kind of guy to be hanging out with us at, you know, Holy Grail, you know, shooting it. So, yeah, it was funny. We had some good fun with it. It's awesome. Nice. Um, so, so what's next then for, for Nick Kirby? What do you have on the docket on the, I'm sorry, on the docket? Uh, what else do you have guests coming up? This is your time to brag on yourself for an audience of largely Bearcat fans that may tune into a Xavier guys baseball podcast. Why do you gotta, why do you gotta make me the Xavier guy? Like I don't even like tweet about that. Every time I was going to say, every time I look at you, I just need the, the blue lights. You did this to yourself, man. I got a red shirt on. Come on, man. Which is why you're the Xavier baseball guy, <laughs> which is weird. Cause I saw Tim at the cross at the uh, TBT tournament. And I did not see you. Yeah, were was, you not? You weren't was, there for that. Yeah, it was during the week. I got two kids. <laughs> big fan. Big fan. Cleveland, Ed. I got. Big, I got two kids too. Cleveland. Cleveland. Your drive there is like ten minutes. His drive there is like four and a half hours. 
my my lovely wife let me come down Friday through Sunday. Uh, uh, Wednesday through Sunday, that would have been really pushing it. I just have a um, love for my team. But anyways, we have a huge guest coming on the show tomorrow night. We have Clay Snowden coming on the show. So what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Clay Snowden won't come on our show anymore. We have to let him know quicker than day of, Ed. He, he put that in, in the text chat. It's in writing. It's in writing. And Clay's, well, like, Clay's in like 6,000 weddings this summer, too. So, Including his own. Yeah. Hey, quick question, Nick Kirby. Did you get an uh, invite to that wedding? I did not. Neither did we. I, honestly, though, Clay probably did that. You know, I don't, I don't know if he probably did or not, but Clay knows I hate going to weddings. So um, I don't hate going to weddings. I hate spending money on weddings. So he honestly probably did that as a favor. I'm, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's what it is. We told him <laughs> we were gonna do a live podcast from the wedding. So I'll tune in. I'll tune in. I'll support just, from afar. Just crash it with us. Come on down. Yeah, none of us were invited either. Yeah. We can crash it. It's in Louisville, right? Lexington, Louisville? Something. I don't know. Kentucky. Yeah. It's all the same, Kentucky, right? Kentucky. It's all the same. Yeah. We'll just show up in Paducah and hope that's where it's at. That's probably not it. So you got Clay's note on this week. You got any other big names coming up? You know what? I will announce it here. Haven't announced it anywhere yet. Uh, uh, but today, uh, I, me and Carlos interviewed the Reds. Carlos uh, and I. Carlos. Wow. Wow. Grammar Ed. That's a new hat he's wearing. Uh, the, the grammar hat is not one that he normally wears. It's a, it's a championship hat. It says grammar champion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we uh, uh, we interviewed uh, the Reds uh, amateur scouting director. Uh, oh my gosh, I had said his name right, Joe. Uh, I can't say his last name. Anyways, we had we have him. We did an interview with him. We're probably going to release that on Thursday night. Um, Will be is it in video, video and yeah, video, video and podcast. So we'll 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 be posting about that on the the late Reds account and talking about it tomorrow night. But a uh, really cool interview gave a lot of insight into the draft. So. Uh, yeah, look for that. All right, well, Joe Katuska. Katuska. Yeah, that's how you say it. I, I, I it took me like six times to to get it. So Ed, I, who, who are you right now? Katuska. Correcting people on grammar and pronunciation. He couldn't remember. He couldn't remember the name. I didn't correct his pronunciation. Ooh, I was helping you, with the last name. You took your medicine today, didn't you? I took it you yesterday. Ooh, yesterday, that's a hard word. <laughs> That's why we um, love Ed. So, so we do hope to get that crossover episode before the uh, the red season is over, where yes. uh, where late night meets pardon the punctuation, uh, perhaps uh, with with Clay guest starring as the special stand-in referee. Clay will um, come in for, <laughs> for there. Why? This is the two. He came to my baby shower. I know. I sat with him and talked. Yeah, we didn't get any picture together. <laughs> I think I have it. one. I think I have one actually with all of us. I'll see. I'll check oh, my phone. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, uh, congrats on all the success. Congrats on a podcast that uh Sadak brags about. Um, I'm I'm a little jealous, I will say that. Um, but you've become a face among the fans that the fans know and recognize. Um, you've you've always been good to us, so we, we did want to do this with you uh, before we had the crossover. Um, no, no knock on the other guys, but we've had a little bit more of a 
intimate relationship with you than we have with uh, Carlos or, or Tim. So, intimate? yeah, that's the word. Ed. That means more personable. It doesn't have to be in the bedroom. Um, yeah, grammar guy. Although I did hear that Nick blue nude lights back there, and I mean, I did hear that Nick was uh, sharing secrets with Clay in the bathroom. I don't know what that was all about, (laughs) but I did hear that. (laughs) On that note, I can think of no better note to let you go, Nick. Um, Again, thank you for your time with us tonight. Um, We'll do this again real soon. Um, Hopefully, we got the whole gang when we're doing it again. Uh, Maybe we'll. Do a, a home and home, or however we have to do it, in order for uh, everybody to get the views that they're looking for. But we'll send you over a contract. We <laughs> we we appreciate it all the same. If, if there's a if there is a pandemic, though, we do expect you to honor the uh, the the visiting team not getting hosed, and and all or the home team not getting hosed and all that. Much like you know that that team over in Norwood. But yeah, stand with John Brandon, right? Get out of here. Uh, Get out of here. Yeah. We call him the previous regime That's here. Get out of here. Previous regime, dude. We'll <laughs> he talk about not be named. Podcast. That's what that is. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, guys. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it, bud. See ya. That was a fun one. Uh, we do appreciate Nick Kirby again uh, joining the show. Um, I, Who's I playing with coins? Hold on. I'm out. Not me. Ed. Can you. Uh... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Made it worse. Can you at least just tell me where you want things to be? Where they always are. Just go on. The, go you think I can other, remember back to last last week? Go up to the other. There it is. This is how it was. This is how it was forever. And then last week you like changed things and it throws me off. My brain doesn't function well when things are different. I liked the the darker side of Nick where he didn't didn't get he, too, was, he, he didn't get too in the weeds, but he he did. Uh, <laughs> he he did end up uh end up giving us a little a little different side than his his standard twitter side what what's uh what's gf talking about i would it have been yelled at when jeff disappeared <laughs> hmm. yeah interesting mid Cincinnati. That is our next segment, FC Mid-Cincinnati. Uh, they did tie another game. Congratulations on being mid. Uh, I like, moving on. I like how when that happened, I didn't even know they were playing a game, and Ed sent a text and just said, we tied again. <laughs> That's got to be it. so defeating to not win and not lose. Um, it sucks. It yeah, sucks. Because, because you know what's coming from both Jeff and I every time. Uh, <laughs> and then I saw a tweet that was like, it was like uh, I saw like FC Cincinnati's like logo, and then like they won, and I was like, "Oh man!" And then I looked, and it's like their like farm team. FC, there's an FC Cincinnati two. There's an FC Cincinnati two, but I would never tweet about them. I love how in tune with the three of us Geoff truly is. It's out of control. Geoff, you want to uh, come on the pod? <laughs> <laughs> If you do, you have to ask Ed for permission to talk. Just put it out there. All right. So let's be real. Mid! Again, done with the soccer. Um, so the Cincinnati Bengals, they opened Yo. up. They opened up camp. And 
Joe Burrow. Biggest oh, no. news out- suck again. Biggest news out of camp thus far. Joe Burrow apparently had a case of appendicitis or at least some preventative type of measure to where his appendix is being removed. So my guess is he's going to still play some games in the preseason. People who are saying that he's not going to play games in the preseason, uh, that's not the type of recovery time that your appendix being removed. I think it's like, I mean, like barring any kind of like crazy complications, it's like what, like a two week, like maybe downtime kind of thing. Like, I mean, you don't want to be, and that's, that's for folks that aren't in like, you know, pristine athletic athletic condition. (laughs) Right. Um, Three weeks for me. uh, That's, that's good because that means that the backup, if anything happened, is going to have some type of knowledge. I, I mean, Reps, reps with the ones, right? Yeah. Like just just getting them in some type of communication with the ones uh, is not a bad thing. Uh, Joe will be just fine. I can't imagine that he hasn't been. I mean, don't him, T, and Jamar live in the same neighborhood anyway? I mean, uh, I, I'm not worried about like whatever it is and obviously people are making some people are making it out to be like they're like oh didn't we say that uh, he was finally gonna have like a a normal off season and it's like we oh, did he, he played he played like what when they playing like 20 games last year something crazy like a normal off season a normal off season for the Bengals would have been uh starting about three four weeks earlier than it did so I, I think we actually didn't have a normal off season because they were in the Super Bowl. Right, that's fair. I mean, it's not like it's not like this is something that's gonna like you know like set him back on you know it's not like he came back from knee surgery and then he had like a setback in his recovery from that like he's he's having a fairly what is now a fairly minor procedure. I've had it. It's it's like outpatient, isn't it? Like they yeah, don't keep you same day. No, it's no. In and out. If they keep you, it's because there's something actually wrong. So, outside yeah, of even... your appendix, I I did see a, a concern being addressed by um, our good friends at LFG Shirts. Um, no, what... don't even say it. Don't say it. I saw the tweet. Don't say it. Just direct people if they want to look at it. They can go over to LFG Cincy on Twitter and read it because we're not putting that out into the world. We're not putting that in the universe. Okay, never mind. Nope. You know what? They they Check already out did it. We're not, we're not doubling we're not doubling down on it. I will shout Check them out because they sent us some shirts one time. Glad I didn't look. Yeah, don't don't want that. I don't need that negativity in my life. Apparently, I don't need that bad juju. Nope. Um. So bigger news for the Bengals. There was a helmet release. Yo. And that came what a day after we recorded last week. That they dropped the helmet release and the Ring of Honor inductees, I believe, uh, w- was within a day or two as well. Um, the video that they put together this morning and released at what, like ten thirty, uh, where it, it was is incredible. The, the storytelling of the three print. I, I first off, Jeff, Ed, who were the three Bengal princes? That they were essentially referring to. I, I don't know. Do, do you think there were three actual princes? I, I don't know, but I know I know the one that they were talking about when they then it flipped open and there was our good buddy Chad Ochocinco. That was pretty dope. 
the whole like fairy, part. the it whole fairy tale, the whole fairy tale was absolutely stunning. The ain't the ancient wizard that put a curse on. <laughs> I mean, it's I the way that I heard it, like I I, I see where you're going with that being like like saying Shrek or whatever, but like I I was getting like Game of Thrones slash like Lord of like Lord of the Rings vibes. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen either one of those. The only thing that was weird was when they did the uh the 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 white tiger putting in his application or whatever. Like Yeah, that was weird. Like that kind of like broke the the mold of what they were like the mis- on the whole the mysticism of yeah. the whole thing. Like that was I, I don't know. I think they I think I'm gonna get, I haven't like really like broken it down like watching whatever, but like I'm gonna go back and watch it again and try to like see what they were trying to like do there. Yeah, because it, like, it seemed wildly out of place compared to the rest of because like the 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 ancient wizard I mean they're clearly hitting, you know, like the top of the NFL there. Um and I, I mean it I think it's awesome. Like kind of stepping outside to like they're, they, I haven't really seen a lot of the other like teams, obviously, that have released their like alternate helmets. Um, I've, I've never seen an NFL team drop a video, but like a video quite like, like that, that to like go in with it, oh, and then the no, last the guy, year they did those videos with the schedule release. Wasn't but, it wasn't NFL? Across, but but wasn't that across the board though? Like a lot of teams, yeah, they did all did that. the same theme, yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, it was all like animated. Yeah, the, the yeah. animations for like the for for the schedule yeah at the beginning of last year it's pretty neat um but as far as like this goes like this is obviously one that like it didn't need to happen i didn't know i needed it when i I saw this when i saw this morning when i saw it this morning i was like oh what is this like because i know like i forget his name it's seth something the guy that run like i guess is in charge of like their some of their stuff there he was like, we had after they dropped the helmet, he was like, we have a few more reveals to go. Yeah, I did remember seeing that. Yeah. So, and then he like, obviously, and let me tell you, there's a lot of people that I, I saw like comment on it. Like, oh, they're going back to the color. I think the color rush uniforms work. I mean, this helmet, I think they would have brought this helmet out when they released the color rush uniforms if they could have. But they weren't allowed. Yeah. That's because fair. that those color rush uniforms, they have just a little pop of orange for the B in the center. The helmets have still have the you know the orange B in the front. There's a little bit of orange, I believe, around the nameplates and the numbers. I just think the way like the color blocking on it with like the arms being like like black sleeves like rolling up into. I just think that those uniforms fit the white tiger helmet better. Than if they went with their current all white uniforms, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So whenever I saw when like when they got to that point and they're like, you know, they turned the page and there was you know Chad Johnson in like the the full full deal. There is like, that's it. I thought it was fantastic. I'm really happy that they didn't end up going with the throwback Bengals. Like I'm ready to leave. Like this, the yeah. I'm ready to leave all of that back in the past and move on to a new future. And I just don't know that the Bengals storied history is one that you really want to look back on. Do 
you know what I did like? I do like to see that the jumping, the leaping, jumping, whatever you want to call it, the leaping tiger, leaping tiger is in, has been like getting pushed out there a little bit more. Like, I want it back on the field. On the, on the 50 yard line where it should be and, and get I, rid of. I bet it will. I, I bet at least for the, for the, the white tiger games, I bet you it is at the middle of the field. But is it going to be a white? Is it going to be a white tiger? Oh yeah. So, did you guys know this this color combination has been done before? Black and white, it's, sure, by lots of people. No, in Cincinnati. Oh, you're going with your Jungle Cats. In right 2007, there. the Jungle Cats, owned by Sam Adams, King Griffey Jr., and Doctor Krimchek, had these jerseys. Um, now, of course, I'm so glad we did not put the snout on the front of the. No, those the, helmets are helmets, terrible. But. That looks like the Wish.com. <laughs> yeah. yes. When you order, when you order that color rush on DHGate, that's what you're gonna get. No, it's not. I, I've never been disappointed with anything from DHGate. Um, but I will also no, but say that is Wish.com. That's the Wish.com <laughs> white tiger uniform right there. They had to. The players, the offense, the defense had to trade helmets as they were coming on and off the field during that game. So because they only had one set, yeah. That's those, awful. those helmets are terrible. The stripes are terrible. The stripes on the shoulder pads are terrible. Was that team any good? No, no. And, and they didn't even finish the season, did they? Because I think they went bankrupt. I don't. I which, think he did finish the season, but afterward, the next season they went bankrupt, which is crazy considering the people who were backing them. Well, yeah. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, I these the color rush coming back, I think is I know that you love the color rush. We don't know that we necessarily needed the color rush because I think the white jerseys would have looked just fine with the helmets. Um, I still honestly hope that they pair them up at some point. Like I don't think you need the color rush for three games. Um, no, no. I would li- I would like to see maybe one with the color rush and then one with the white jerseys, like Give me both. I, I think that I think they can do that. They can do alternate yeah. color rush or like they're away. They can't do it with a home. So the right. only way they can, I guess, the only way that they could wear on the white helmets at home would be the obviously like the alternate or color rush. Yes. So ne- I don't think then that we could see the black jersey combo with the white. I don't, that, I don't even. Think I don't know that that would, that would look like how that would work. Well, like but, would, but you also can't wear the the alternate, the orange, the all orange. Um, if with you the white wear, uh, well, I, first off, I don't think that would look very good. No, it um, wouldn't. But second, I, I think you only get three games to wear. Yes. Alternate uniforms at all, outside of your standard home and away. So if you want to wear the orange that counts as one of your three games. So this is going to be, so maybe you get like one color rush, one white Jersey with the white helmet. And then an orange game. And then an orange game. Mm -hmm. Jeff, they went, they went 15, uh, one in 15 that year. They, they had one win, 15 losses. The jungle cats, the jungle cats. Uh, Um, They beat Ed. But you want to jump on for a second or. Everything, no? okay. everything good over there. Yep. Right. Who is it? Carrie. Carrie, jump on. Hi, Carrie. She doesn't want to. She's afraid you're going to talk over her. We have crossed. <laughs> <laughs> it's past her bedtime, she said. 
dog. It's my favorite. Um, outside of that, though, uh, the inductees for the Bengals Ring of Fame, or or what are, what do they call it? Is it, is it the Ring of Honor? Honor. Ring of Honor. Ring of there Honor. we go. I think it's Ring of Honor. Um, it is the. Uh, the the 2022 edition is going to include Willie Anderson and oh, why am I blanking on the second name? I just blanked oh. too. You just you just blanked it. All of us. <laughs> Did you use a Men in Black device here? I guess I had it in my head, and then he went like this. I was like, "Oh, what happened?" And then it's gone. Um. This is Isaac Curtis. There it is. There. Lord. Um, I'd like to see them honoring the old guys, of course, with Isaac Curtis. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Geoff. Uh, we're we're not good at this job, apparently. Yeah. As all three of us blanked at the well, same time. It's, it's 10 30. I think it was because it, it was this look of like like we were flowing, and then you you yeah. said and you're like uh, and just deleted everything out of my mind. I froze. Um, Isaac Curtis, excellent pick. Willie Anderson. I mean, he's the guy that probably out of all of the Bengals, past, present, future, should be in the Hall of Fame next. Um, you can, obviously you can make the argument for the Kens, uh, Ken Anderson, Ken Riley. Um, I, I think Willie got a bad, got a bad. Rap just for being a Bengal. Hmm? Any other I mean, team? That, that's happened. I think that happens quite a bit, unfortunately. Any, any other team? And I, I think that uh, he's already. How are they? How are know. they picking those? Are they still like season ticket holders? Still yes. getting like a pretty massive vote in that? Yep. Yep. So I think I that's as it should be. Who do you think then? I mean, do you think next year is like? You have to imagine next like, year's Chad Johnson. Like, Boomer and Chad probably get yeah probably a Boomer Chad combination. Are there any like sleepers? Yeah, like Max Montoya. Question and and I know he's retiring as um, an LA Ram, but like, would you put Whitworth in the Ring of Honor in the future? Not not like eventually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think Andy Dalton's going to be in the Ring of Honor eventually. Yeah, that's fair. I I would agree with that too. I saw. I saw somebody Carson uh, should be Carson. I saw somebody put like Andy Dalton out there, like throw his name out, like you know, obviously not this year, but like whatever. Like you think he should be, and like, I mean, if you, I think if you break it down, and you look at it for really what it was, like absolutely. Oh, I think so too. I just didn't know if there's some sort of like rule that they had to finish their careers. I don't. Know. No, but, no. It's I mean, yeah. the Reds Hall of Fame. You don't have that. The, the Bengals okay. Ring of Honor. That's you fair. Don't have that. That's fair. Um, but no, I think that you're going to say see plenty of guys that we grew up watching with TJ, AJ, Dylan, um, Dylan. Um, I, I think a lot of these guys will eventually get in. I Chris think they Henry. should have get uh, three, two, three years here. But I mean, he was on top when he unfortunately passed away. That one's that one's tough because I think this is a tough got, one. You got a lot of people to get through before you get to him. Yes, I believe that too. I think you got a, a whole slew of people to get through first. I'd put Levi Jones in before I put Chris Henry in. But um yeah, there there will be plenty of conversations about guys future ring of honor 
<laughs> God. That's a perfect placement. <laughs> I do like the fact I do like the fact that it that they're like sticking with like two a year, right? Like Yeah, because you don't want to overdo it. Like well, they didn't come in last year and say, like, look, we're opening this up and you know, we want to put like first year like, should have been first year like, should have been like four, six guys to get this ball rolling. I think I so really, too. Yeah. See, like I I because right like, now you have like two names up there. It's kind of dull, empty. I guess. Empty. So you, yeah. So you, so you think like they should have started with like ten? No, no, not ten, but he like said I, four. Maybe I I think four would probably be the max for the first year, but right? I, I think then though, like you're playing catch what, up on a game that everybody else has been doing for a been long playing time. For a I mean, while. That, that, that's fair, but but you know everybody else has been doing it for a long time and and getting their like can you not do that and getting okay. their um you know their names up there, but like those guys get like the recognition they deserve, right? By only putting two in at a time, like they did four. Did they do four last year? I don't even remember. I thought it was just Ken and Ken. Actually, now that Chad says it, I think they do for it. I yep. think they, annou- they announced Anderson, them in two. Paul they Brown, Anthony them. Munoz, and Ken oh, Riley. Yeah. But they did it. They like announced two, and then they were like, there's you know, then two more. Two yeah. more. They did that. Okay, that's fair. But still, right. minimizing the number that they do each year, I think is good, where it's not like this year they, you know, they're not saying like you have to get, you know, Whatever. You shouldn't be catching 60, up. In it's not like it's not like Hall of Fame. Like you got to have like this percentage of the vote to get in, and then all of a sudden you've got like you know you're putting twenty names up there. You're putting fifteen names up there in, in one go. You know. Yeah, I I so now that I remember that there is four, I'm, I'm cool. Uh, two a year, yeah, because we'll catch up. I mean, next year we'll have eight up there, so it'll be fine. See, the other thing is like you don't want to like dilute it and end up no. with like. You know, you've put all these guys up, and now you're like, "Well, you know, we put guys in this year because there's, you got to think that at some point there's going to be years where they're like, Jeff, we're not, we're not putting anybody up. This this franchise is is just celebrated fifty years. Those Kings Island fifty years of history to go through to get your Hall of Famers. I mean, yeah, but red- a lot of those years weren't like a lot of those years were. I mean lack of a better word mid and, and so there's not really guys from there that you would right like name somebody from the 92 team that you would put up there name somebody from the 92 team Ed. good good question boomer oh what's boomer i was gonna say boomer because i remember him reading me a book at force mall you're welcome i'm here for you I don't know. I, I I like the two for two. I don't think Darnay uh, Scott was quite there yet <clears throat> in '92. Um, no, <laughs> he wasn't. Carl Pickens was on that team. Tim McGee. Okay, there's two. There's two. All right. You proved me wrong. Andy Munoz was on that team. I wondered if Munoz. I was thought on that. Munoz that was on that sense. team too. Right after I said the '92 team, I was like, I should <laughs> he was like, said, I shouldn't have picked that. I should have picked should've that. Should have gone year. like '97. '97 <laughs> was David David Klingler, Achilles Smith. Like, what am I doing? Jack oh, Blake, Corey uh, Dillon was on that team. Shit. Oh. Can we just go? Can we just go back to the episode where Aaron listed off every single Cincinnati Bengals quarterback there ever was? Like. I, I probably blacked out in that episode. I don't uh, 
David Klingler, <laughs> David Klingler was drafted that year. Um, All right, that's fair. Bruce Kazerski was on that team. Tim Krumrai was on that team. Uh, what about the kicker, um, Doug Pelfrey? Pelfrey. Jim Breach was on that oh, team. There's a guy. Damn. David Fulcher was on that team. It's <laughs> a good question. You, 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 yes, you we put, put Chris Collinsworth in. He was. Yes, absolutely. You put Collinsworth in. Oh, but he doesn't like the city anymore. That's, it has nothing to do with it. He doesn't That's have to true. come back for the ceremony. You just put his name up because he did some shit for your team. All right. Same reason Puig should be a Reds Hall of Famer. One season? The 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 portrait says it all. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. We should just put that portrait up somewhere in the Reds Hall of Fame. Uh, the Louvre. <laughs> right next to the Amir Garrett one. <laughs> and then and then the uh and then like a short video clip that you click and it shows the uh like it shows Brandon Phillips tapping Molina on his uh on his on his shin guard and then that fight kicking off. Yes, Chad. Chris Collinsworth is still your neighbor. Yeah, he his son played for Cuff Calf, I think, right? Something like that. Maybe. Don't know. No. Um, but yeah, so so storylines for Bengals camp as it opens this week because we've drifted further away yeah. from that conversation. I have more qu- questions for you about the stadium. Do you want to do it now, or do you want to wait till after your? Oh, are you talking about the naming, naming of, rights? Yeah, naming of the stadium. Did you uh, see that? That Mike Brown said this week that he always thought it was weird that Paul Brown' name was on the stadium. Said his dad wouldn't want that his name on the stadium. Oh, uh, I don't believe you. Not you, him. Him. I also saw that he said he wasn't like a super big fan of selling the naming rights, but he sees it as a good way to add revenue. Yeah, his granddaughter told him, Dad, we have to do this. As well they should. Yeah, I, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And I, mean, I, don't, I mean, it's probably going to end up being like Paycor Field or like... So all, that's the question. Field, so what, what companies... At Ed Mayhall Stadium, I don't know. Yeah, I thought about PTP Stadium, but I uh, couldn't find the application. Um, it wasn't but like what, what companies in the city uh, do you think... Have first of all have the Buku Bucks to do that right? So PNGGE, PNGGE, but right PNG doesn't really get into naming rights, naming stuff, right? Amazon, they're over in Kentucky, but yeah, that's fair. I think I've heard I've heard a lot of people say Paycor. That there's your reason as to why they need to do naming rights. $200 $200 million in escrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good reason. Uh, but I've heard people say Paycor. Um, I've heard I've heard people say Jeff Weiler, but I don't know that that's... He has that money to do it. He didn't have a pull like that. Yeah. You can, you can say what you want, but no, that ain't it. It's going to be Phil Castellini Field at Get out of Brown here. Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Where else are you going to go, Stadium? <laughs> He's be like, where else are you gonna go? My other field. And the city would riot. I don't look if he wants to dump all the money into the Bengals. I got at it. Um, I like the people who say Jungle Gyms, but I don't think Jungle Gyms that ain't that happening. Money. No, that ain't, no, yeah. no shot. Yeah, no. But it would be kind of cool if the Jungle 
I don't know what other what other places do you think might have a, a shot? Like I said, I think I think P and G G E would be the biggest names in the city um, as far as headquarters. Uh, U.S. Bank. What's um, that? What's while that? they're he- headquartered out of Minneapolis, um, the Fifth third. third. Fifth Third. I mean, they're pulling out of, or if have they already pulled out of? You see. You see. That. Um. What's the name of that company? That just built, well, I guess not just built, it's been a few years now, but they they built their building near uh, the convention center. They had a really nice parking garage near the convention center that tells you how many spaces in it. Fahrenheit? They're a marketing company, but they're like big within the city. I mean, they might be able to do You'd it. have to be big, big, though. Yeah, I think they are big, big. They have a building downtown. Western and Southern? They do the they do the tennis arena already. Yeah, they do the tennis one. What Kroger hosting the open? Kroger's got their hand in a lot of stuff already. I'd be surprised if they had if they were trying to pull the trigger on this. I don't know, Um, but certainly an interesting conversation. I think you're going to see Paul Brown somehow. I'm with Geoff. I I think they would potentially name the field Paul Brown Field. Oh yeah, for sure. They don't. I don't think you'd let it die on the matter of fact. As soon as they said they were naming the stadium, I I assume we would just call the field Paul Brown Field. That was my immediate thought as well. Um, SoFi SoFi Technologies reportedly paid four hundred million over the course of twenty years for the naming rights to that stadium. Of course, that's L.A. where they've already hosted a Super Bowl, so you had plenty of marketing in regards to SoFi. Right. No, I'm just saying. Like, obviously, that that's a a a totally different market. That might actually be the largest one ever. Uh, so, I mean, La Rosa's? Uh, no. Did you say La Rosa's? I just, well, I was thinking of other, like, well, like none of your Papa food, John's field. No, none of your food places in, Louisville? in, in based in Cincinnati are going to be able to afford no. anything like that. Papa John's is a national chain, La Rosa's is not a national chain. Jeff Ruby. Graders is not a national chain. Jeff Ruby, I don't think Jeff Ruby could even ex- afford this. No. Like well, it's, be- maybe maybe that's why uh maybe that's why um Holtman's is pulling out of OTR so they can right. one less building so they can put yep, the- that, that's it. That's it. It's gonna be Holtman's Donuts. Sure. Holtman's Donuts Stadium. Those three dollar donuts really got them there. They are like well, some of them four dollars. I am done uh, with this conversation. Yeah. Uh- uh, I'm happy they're doing it. I'm happy they're looking into other revenue streams. Uh, I yeah, Mid Star Stadium. Um, thanks, Chad. Uh, you've got to do it. You know, if they're going to compete, if they're going to pay these guys long term. I mean, you're looking at guys like you know Kyler Murray's getting crazy money. You know, yeah. you know, the guy up in Cleveland got crazy money. Um, well, you can't play this year. Gonna... You get a guy like Joe Burrow who is of Ohio, and you cannot let him go. Oh, and you can't, I mean, you really like, there's some other guys that, you know, you're going to have to pay eventually. Um, so you want to keep this, you want to keep this, uh, this thing, thing going, yeah. you're going to have to, you're going to have to pay, you know, more than you're used to. And oh. to do that, you're going to have to generate some funds. And obviously like they've like season tickets sold out, like pretty, pretty quickly. I don't know that season tickets have ever sold out for the Bengals. Um, 
I'm sure they have, and I'm they have. It's uh, been a while. What, I think the first year the stadium was open, maybe. Yeah. So you're looking at you know and since then capitalize cap. I mean, things are going to go up. Obviously, things in the state and prices are going to go up. That's just kind of the way things work. But you know, it's a it's a delicate balance of keep the fans happy, keep the fans coming. You know, put a, a successful product on the field, and you'll see what you get, which is a you know, a city of ravenous fans and, you know, national heads talking about your team and what they're doing. And that's that's all we can ask for. That's all we've ever said on this show is if you're going to own a team, own it to win and do what it takes. And if that means selling the rights to the stadium and that gets named something goofy, I don't care as long as the team that's in there is winning. Talking to you, Phil. Speaking of the product on the field, then, for the Bengals, uh, what are the big camp storylines that you're looking to follow uh, right now you know you've got what kappa and lyle collins um injured reportedly injured collins i guess was a back injury from a non-football related, non-football related injury yeah exercise so like today that his birthday. Was. um but yeah he it doesn't seem to be necessarily like I, I saw the blurb about it. you know obviously like he got put out there that he was hurt but there really hasn't been like a whole whole lot of extra stuff out there about it so nobody seems to be overly concerned and let it let it play out maybe he just doesn't you know maybe he just comes in and gets a couple extra reps at the the end of preseason which you kind of expect anyway and regardless i think we're all looking to see how the offensive line gels i mean yeah. you, you brought I mean, in three big them. pieces mm-hmm. And you, you want to see how those three big pieces can keep your quarterback upright. Yeah, today was Collins' birthday. Happy birthday, sir. Nice. Good, good work, Ed. He's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, that, that's a, a huge piece. It's like they, they've got a gel together. It would be nice to get them, you know, as, as much time, obviously, uh, running through what they need to run through and keep your guy up because that's that was a big part of you know the stumbling the stumbling that happened with the Bengals last year directly related to that so on the um, offensive side of the ball what what else are you looking at jeff I, I i'm very interested to see how much further burrow can uh can take this right because like this is his what second full year well, that he'll uh, have Dial it so, back a second. Dial, okay. dial it back a second, and just camp. Obviously, we all want to see how he progresses during the season. We're not, not knowing, camp. not knowing how much time he's going to be off with this appendix. Let's look at camp. Because for me, I think the next storyline would probably be as excited as I am to see the receivers coming back during the season. I think it's for me Hayden Hurst at tight end. I was really excited. I was really high on that uh, that little pickup that they got there. Um, and I think it came, that's, it came I, at a I great price. I think it's flown under the radar. Well, it depends on which Hayden Hurst we get. Are we getting Hayden Hurst, who's mad that Kyle Pitts got drafted as he signed a free agent contract to be in Atlanta? Or are we getting Hayden Hurst, who everybody thought he might be going to Baltimore? I think the dude's hungry. He I should mean, be. Think about this. He he just got. He's like thirty. He, 
I mean, he came. He was drafted at like 26 years old or something like I mean, that. Like he was they, old they, for. He's 28. For like you just got an opportunity to play to play along. You know, a you just got you just get signed by a team who's is coming off a Super Bowl run. Correct. That that undoubtedly overachieved last year as far as like what was expected, right? Because we would have all. But to be fair, everybody in Cincinnati would have been happy to say the Bengals won and they snuck in the playoffs, right? Like you'd have been yep. like, man, that's amazing. And then yep. as the season went on, it was like, oh, maybe we might be able to win a playoff game, right? And then, so like you got a guy who, who's coming in, you know, he's getting an opportunity here. He, he's getting an opportunity to, to, to probably be, you know, the tight end. And he's getting to play alongside probably, you know, at least what we think now is probably going to be one of the, the best quarterbacks for quite some time in the league. Well, and I think that's probably the biggest question mark on this offense is that the tight end room in general, is this a year that maybe Moss takes a step forward? Could be, could be. I mean, there, there's definitely opportunity. If, if it's Hayden Hurst's job to lose, and we're all high on him. What if he doesn't look great? Then you're potentially looking at, you know, Did what happens. Tight end anywhere? No. So I don't know. I, I think that that room is probably the biggest question mark on. Even though you signed three guys from three different teams to replace your offensive line, and you don't know necessarily. What's going on with this offensive line? Like, is Jackson Carmen going to take a step forward, even with all the stuff he's had going on? Oof. Um, like, what's 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 happening? Riley Reif, he's no longer available. As he just signed with, help me out here. Uh, he signed with somebody today. Um, I can't remember who he signed with. I saw I saw a thing that said he signed, but it didn't mention who he signed with. Twelve and a half million. I remember the number, but I don't remember the oh, team. Bears. There it is. There it is. Oh, um, so so he's no longer an option. Uh, Quentin Spain may still be an option as he's not signed yet, to my knowledge, um, for them to potentially bring back. Um, but but you got to see what you got. And and I, I think I think obviously like as you see what you've got, like you're probably going to also have you know there's going to be guys that don't fit in elsewhere that might end up fitting in here better, and they can. You know, make those a little flurry of of signings and pickups and drops and whatnot um, you know, throughout the season. The other thing I'm like super excited about that always seems to like that people I don't, I don't see a lot of people mentioning. It. I see it here and there, but the fact that Asai is coming back on the defensive side, huge. I, like if if, if if what. You know, because we were we were this show was high on him in the draft when we drafted him. This show was high on him. Correct. I I said he was the steal of the draft. Correct. Um, and then you voted know, many experts actually. Right. Well, not I, a I'm knock not, on you. No, but I'm not just, saying that. I'm like just you. You were in good company. Sure. Fair. Um, doesn't have a lot. And then yeah, you know, he kind of showed that like, oh. Could he possibly be like he looked pretty good, and then he got hurt, right? And a lot of, I think a lot of people kind of, you know, obviously like you know, we we 
we did all right last year as a team. And uh, well, if you can so, spell, if you can spell Trey Hendrickson at all, and give him a, a breather, give him a, give him a little blow. Uh, right, I'm all for it. And, yeah, and I, put I'm a guy excited. in there who's a, who's a dude. What like I mean, could he possibly be like starting opposite him? Dog. Couple out of, about two seconds late on it, Ed. But I, I'll give you props. I'm sorry. I, I got a, I got a message from my doctor. I needed to check out real quick. No, uh, that's fair. Well, we all got a message from Kirby, so. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm excited about. That. I think offensive side. I didn't even really think about the tight end side of things, but that is. Uh, I think it's the biggest be, question mark. That, that is going to be very intriguing to follow. Uh, we, I, I think you're right that we do get caught up in thinking about like. You know what? What's the next level that Burrow can take it to? What's the next level that this receiving core can take it to? What are we going to look like? You know, you know, running the ball behind a line that is competent. Like, well, who's number two? Know. Is it going to be Chris Evans? Is it going to be Samaj P. Ryan again? I think it's going to be Chris Evans. Right. I, I'll be shocked if it's not Chris Evans. That's but, fair. Um, defense side of the ball. What are what are your biggest question marks? This is this is a softball. Was I gonna say something or was he No, I'm sorry. You, you good? It's your secondary. Yes. No. Um largely safety. Is yeah. Jesse Bates is, coming is back? He gonna, is he gonna Jesse, show up? He's not I, being fined. Well, he's not being fined, so why should he show up? Yeah. Truthfully. Um, you're risking injury before you sign a contract. Well, I mean, you have to sign a contract to show up, but I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why would you show up to risk injury otherwise? Um, I I don't don't love the situation that Jesse Bates is putting the team in. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that what's the what's the highest that he's been offered reportedly? Sixteen. It was. I mean, the last one was was pretty high. And look up, know if, look up the top paid safeties. I think um, it would have made him the the third highest paid safety if that reported number was true, which isn't crazy. So, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, eighteen point two million, um, in the division, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Jamal Adams, seventeen point five, Harrison Smith, sixteen. Jamal this Adams is, top is Seattle, five. right? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Justin Simmons, fifteen point two five. So three. And so he would have been at third. sixteen. Buddha Baker. Well, and the thing about the Bengals, as opposed to any other team you sign with, if you sign with the Bengals on a contract like that, you're probably going to get paid through the end of that contract. Probably. Mike Brown doesn't break contracts. No, he doesn't. Even when the fans are screaming for it, and who knows how much control Mike Brown has at this point. Or, or what the things that he valued compared to the things that his family values. Um, so I don't know. I, I think this is going to be certainly something that everybody's going to be watching, like with, without doubt. But I think they've also positioned themselves to be okay as they yeah. added a lot of pieces to the secondary in the draft. I think they drafted uh, what one safety – one corner and and one guy who can be a safety or a corner, mm-hmm. um, Dex Hill is that guy that that fits both bills. 
It goes in there, yep. That was the salary per year. That's what you wanted, correct? Correct. Yep. Yeah, you okay, all right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, he wasn't going to make 16 over four. No. No. Um, but yeah, I, I think obviously secondary is, is something to keep an eye on. Uh, there were certainly some injuries that plagued the linebacking core last year as Akeem Davis Gaither, he, he saw some time out. Um, he, I don't even think he played in, in the Super Bowl. I think he was out the later part of the season. Um, I mean, can the guy, the young guys take a step forward? Um, the guy who had the pass breakup in the playoff game, maybe the biggest pass breakup ever. Um, I'm blanking on him. Bengals linebackers. Logan Wilson, good Lord. Um, can he take a step forward? Can Jermaine Pratt take a step forward? Uh, like, like who's going to be the guy that, that continues to do the thing? I mean, obviously we know Logan Wilson had fantastic playoffs, but is that going to con- continue? I like, Roll I like Logan Wilson. Yeah, but is like it going to continue? I think he should be a guy that they focus on, on defense to build around, but can he continue? After, was he, is, is he just a freak one year thing or is it going to be? Would you call, what would you call him, Ed? Oh, pretty good. Huh? I was I pulling say, up the. I was pulling uh, it up for you. Sorry. I already have his jersey. Okay. I don't have the color rush one though. I'd say he's a dog though. Pratt oh, does sorry. improve every year. You you're right, Geoff. You're right. Um, we could put something like we need to fig- we need to figure out some sort of signal when you want that. Just listen. Social cues. I was pulling up other things for you guys, so I apologize. No, you're good. You're good. No, one, no, no one's, no one's mad. mad. We're not mad. We're just disappointed. Mid! Cincinnati. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not terribly concerned about uh, the defense uh, comparatively with the offense as the offense has a lot more new pieces uh, that are going to either be starters or projected starters as of right now, before we break camp. So lots of questions. Special teams, well, I think, is, I was is pretty. Say, Geoff brings up uh, McPherson jerseys being he back did. in stock. I, I don't know if they are or not. I have one. but um, When that, I was at the Garth could, Brooks concert, they had a bunch of them. That could be an interesting kind of thing to look at to see, like, obviously he, he like, kicked out of his mind last year, right? Yes. I mean, that's that, – Obviously, had one of the best seasons of a kicker like ever as a rookie. So it's like, yes. But, what but he, he sat, he sat on the bench and watched the halftime show during the Super Bowl instead of. He always did that. Well, his routine. According to the internet's, yeah. that makes him a bad player. Whatever. Uh, like, will he? You know. I'm more interested to see I mean, who who's returning kicks, who's returning punts. I think those are going to be the bigger question marks on special teams than who's actually punter. kicking the ball. What about well, punters? It's, it's, well, it's still Kevin Huber, and that's been a question mark for the last two, three years, right? Like that's not new. That that's how do you tell a guy who's from Cincinnati, who's no, been I, Cincinnati his entire career, like, hey man, let's let's move on. McPherson jerseys are in stock. He he's been with you through the bad, through the good, and he's yeah. never he's never asked for crazy money. Yeah. 
So he, I, that one's that one's tough. No, Clark Clark Harris isn't bad. He's he's all the way good. <laughs> hey Peter Man, <laughs> check out the chick on channel six. <laughs> what would I do with a million dollars? I think that's what you need to go for, Ed. Now that I think about it. What's that? McPherson yeah, jersey? No, the food the food, oh, man, food the man. Clark Harris food match. I can't do that. Why not? Work. There. All right. Not um, I think that's all I really have on on the Bengals and and camp. Um, I think that more questions will emerge as. Unfortunately, I don't remember a camp where we got through without somebody having some wild injury. Um, hey, but you know what? I'll take I'll take like a, I guess a sore back for Collins, whatever Kappa's deal is, and early on compared to I, game two. Yeah in the preseason where they're out uh, for six to eight and yeah, or, or an off season torn peck yeah. or, or something of that nature. So yeah, we're, we're, I think, I think everything's okay right now. Nothing, n- nobody's in panic mode about any, any of the rooms as they currently stand outside of maybe the safety room, but we'll see. Von Bell's still there. He can, he can coach up the, the young bucks. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm just still really not- excited. I'm just well, so I- excited. Jesse Bates for the season to start. Jesse Bates reportedly was also at Paul Brown yesterday. Uh, he was there for there. There was a he was there for the music fest this weekend. Well, I'm sure he was also there, probably talking shop. Like, I doubt that they they have just left it alone. Like, they're still you probably would hope they you would hope they haven't. Hell yeah, I mean, like I don't. All I don't right, think... dude. I guess if you're gonna show up and sign this, like. It's over here, like by your locker. Yeah. Like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna pull Reds and just not talk to Nick Castellanos at all. Don't even get me started on. That. Not even give him an offer. We'll, we'll get to that story before we finish this. this That's this out. Is that we'll, your bum of the week? Yeah. yeah. Um, Bearcats. They did announce a uh, NIL manager. I know Jeff, you've been wanting to talk about this. Um, I think I that's see. probably the biggest news of the week. Um. I got one other thing I want to hit on before we we. Yeah. I, I just you know, just see but... just seeing it. I thought um, I just thought it was a it's a brilliant move. It's a, ahead of the curve. Oh yeah. There's um, only six the, other teams that are currently involved with this particular company. Is that the company as, he's like run by Oliver Luck or founded by Oliver Luck or something like that? I, think. I don't know the answer. I don't that. I'm pretty sure. Look it up, Ed, um, if you would. Uh, but I, I mean, it, it it's. Being ahead of the curve, it, it's doing you know kind of right by your athletic program. I think um, you know, we've talked pretty heavily on this show about uh, like you know prior to it becoming a thing, when it became a thing, our thoughts on NIL and where it's headed, um, and I think that having an office like that is every bit the same as having you know your your. Uh, like study the study halls and things that the kids have to go to to make sure that they're getting all of their ducks in a row in class. So now you've got this, you don't want anybody to run afoul of the NIL deals, right? And you I, also want to make it where kids that maybe wouldn't necessarily be. He's a chairman. Garner, be, he's the chairman. He's a full-time chairman. Okay. So, um, you, you know, kids that wouldn't be able to get 
NIL deals or maybe wouldn't be able to get find the deals, find the deals themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, um, not to mention and, that, and but also should... making sure they like they're they have their ducks in order, right? Like the financial side of it, like the paying of the taxes and stuff like that. Well, a lot of a lot of kids, their their parents. Sorry, are... I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're yeah. fine. Their their parents are the the managers of these kids in a lot of instances. Yeah. Like they don't have actual managers, so to have a team in place who's going to work for you and abide by the NCAA rules, like mm-hmm. make because their their reputation depends on it. Interpret brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. You're gonna have you're gonna have these guys. You know, some guys. Let's face it, you're going to have some guys that are going to have stupid big NIL deals, right? That In Cincinnati, I mean, you will well, have some guys that have well, bigger deals than others, okay. sure. That, that's, I, what but I, I don't, that's what I mean. You're not I don't gonna, know that you're going to have, like, the Ohio State or the LSU or the, like, yet. Simple treatment. We're not right. there. We're not but the there thing is, you know, like, yet. moving in, moving, look, you, you've got a year before you move to, to, to the big boy conference. Yes. And, you, you know, the way things are looking with like basketball recruiting and, and football recruiting and moving up like, you know, the recruit class ranking charts and the possibility of unlimited transfers of, of kids and this, that, and the other, like you're probably going to have some kids that end up getting, you know, bigger deals, obviously than the year before your biggest deal kind of thing. Um, I, like I said, when we talked about it the other day, I just think it's a brilliant Brilliant move. Mm-hmm. Super forward thinking. You're mm-hmm. moving into a conference where we've already talked about Brett Yormark being able to potentially get, you know, attract more NIL investors that want to invest in the schools and the conference and the players that are going to be at those schools and to have the ability to just go down to the NIL office on campus and say, Strike a conversation. Hey, I've been, I was contacted by this this team, this team, or this this group, this group, this group, like, can you look at these and tell me if this is something I need to be mixed up in, if this is like... Is this okay? Is this fine? Because if it's not, I don't want to do it, and I don't want to sign on any dotted line right. uh, without you looking it over, because I don't want to, like, lose my eligibility because it's, you know, not good. I also don't want to be a, an eyesore on the school for doing something or... Correct. Whatever the case may be. Yep. Um Kind of along that same line, I mean, as far as like, you know, just watching out for you and making sure you're in the best place that you can be. David DeJulius put out a tweet a couple of days ago that I don't think has been getting enough hype. The one oh, yes. It? Yeah. The one that you sent, Jeff. Yes. Uh, it's it's only got 51 retweets. It's only got 487 likes. But he said, future recruits, if you want to know what it's like for playing for Coach Wes, watch this. And Jeff, I know you put that in our group chat. I'd already retweeted it out at that point. I wasn't gonna like. I wasn't trying to knock you on. on oh no, that you have at it. That that was. But, uh, I I saw it and I, I thought the same thing. And I don't I don't know if it's like. It was well the, for for those who haven't seen it. It was a video of Steve Kerr and the way he talks to the Golden State Warriors, predominantly S- Steph Curry, and just like, you know how how do you talk to a superstar, right? I mean, constantly building him up. Even when he's being but critical, even also, when he's being yes. critical, yes. He, he found a way to, hey, you're not doing this right. Here's the things you are doing right. So even though 
you're not doing this one thing right. You're still doing these other things right that are on the stat book. Here's your plus minus. This is why, like, even though you're having a bad shooting night, the plus minus is up. You're doing just fine. Keep at it. Your your tempo is good. Everything is good. The team's gelling with you. Like, it was amazing. And the fact that David DeJulius is comparing Wes Miller to a guy like Steve Kerr, who's got now three rings. No, I mean, it, that... That that in and of itself, outside of like any NIL deal or anything, I mean that that right there, it like if a kid sees that, Huge. and I mean, the, the, Steph Curry has changed obviously the way. I know we joke about it a lot. Where like <laughs> where he's changed the way things go, but like that's a guy that people can relate to. And that to, to be that tweet that like the Steve Kerr Steph Curry interaction tweet was a couple years old, I think. What's it? I can check. I haven't pulled up. I'm, I'm uh, it, I mean, this this particular what he retweeted. I don't know about the original video, but the, the what he retweeted was saying, "Here's a clip of Stephen Curry and, and Steve Kerr to brighten up your day night more." But that was only from July 16th of 22. That's not to say he didn't pull that video from somewhere else. I thought that I was a couple was years. Like a it couple very years well could have. I mean, you could have. People do that all the time. Yeah, where they, yeah, right. they take a video from. But- the, the thing is, is like, if you're a kid that, you know, hey, is, is that the kind of coach I want to play for? And I know I've harped a lot of things, like, of this year of, like, I've had some experiences with coaches that don't go that way. Um, and that right there embodies, like, the great, the, the good experiences I had with coaches throughout my, like, I mean, it's how you can get, stuff, but like, that's, that's the thing, like, you, you should always be, for, you want to play for that guy? You want to run through a brick wall for that guy. And Even you're, if you're, you're having a shitty night. Right. Because what what's he doing? He's building him up to, like you went back to, like, you might not see it on the stat sheet. You know, on Sunday you open the paper up and your stats might look, you know, mediocre or you didn't have the great, but what you're doing away from that for the rest of the team and you see it there, like you're impacting that. Right. So just it, keep doing it. And the rest of it's gonna come. And I love your confidence. You know, you 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 were. I think he tells him he like, hey, you you were like one for four from three or something. But like, you still had the confidence to throw up a you know. A, I a wish I had that confidence. Whatever. Like, I wish I had that. Like, just keep well, doing it. It's it's gonna roll. It's gonna come for you. And like that's just. And to hear him to hear the Julius say like, look, I'm watching this, and I'm basically seeing like a carbon copy of Wes Miller. Not and a coach what screaming at you. Not a coach right. telling you what you're doing wrong. Not a He's coach, better. Not a coach standing up and and walking off the court before the game's over, or like screaming up into the stands at at you students. know students. Like these things aren't happening. Like this is a coach you want to come play for. He's going to build you up. He's going to tell you what's not going so well. But on top of it, he's going to tell you what you are doing well, and that he you know, has the confidence that you're going to raise the things you're not doing well up. To be equal with the things you are doing well, and you're gonna have a great experience. I mean, to on top of that, Rayvon was on. He played on ESPN tonight, and at the end of the game, he said, "And this is a tweet from Justin Williams. uh, I love Coach West Miller. That's why I'm going to Cincinnati. That's huge. Said it on ESPN. That's huge. What a recruiting tool that quote was. That's that's the kind of stuff that we talk about. um, Fickle getting all the time, and now." And now Wes is starting to get it, and that's... Chad and I have talked about this off-air. 
like that this is going to we're going to look back at Wes Miller and Luke Fickle and be like this was the golden era like the golden era that's fair football and basketball lined up and you had the best coaches in play I mean that's not a knock on on Mick that's not a knock on on hugs but they were they had they had just they're different dudes Hey, call your watching live on Instagram. I'm I'm glad he was uh, because he'd already since he'd already signed with the Reds, he had time to. Not that call here. I know. <laughs> it's the other call here. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted to bring that up because I thought that that was I don't know it 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 lived with me for like two days. You didn't see anybody saying that about the previous regime. Yeah. He who shall not be named Nick Kirby. Touche. <laughs> um, outside of that, I don't have anything else really. I know uh Camp Higher Ground is gonna be starting here in the next week and week and some time. Tari Tari will be back in town this weekend to play in the Smith League with uh Davenport and uh forgot the other gentleman's name. He'll be back Julius? in town this weekend to play in this. To Julius, no, not Mike Adams Julius. Woods. Are you talking about Landers Nolly? That's it. Thank you. All right. Yep. Uh, I'm surprised he's allowed to play in the Smith League as per his new NBA contract. Oh, uh, guess... the Smith League posted that they are allowing, uh, they've gotten ex- uh, letters of exception from the NBA. I'm just uh, surprised. For a couple his, players. I'm just surprised anybody's NBA contract. I mean, I know like some of the vets are doing it. Like LeBron played in a, a league. Jackson Hayes played last week. Now that you know who he is, oh, yeah, I was just saying, you know who he is now. The guy was with he, a hat. He played last he week. Wear, was he wearing a hat? No. <laughs> no, no. That's why I recognized him this time. Um. So that's that's all I got on the Bearcats. Uh, we'll have yeah. plenty. I do plan on getting to a couple a uh, couple camps. I'm not sure when. Um, but I, I do plan on getting to a couple camps. Um, so we'll have, we'll have more once once that all happens. But there's Chad and I've been detailing some of the question marks um, over the course of this week uh, for the camp that, that that aren't the quarterback, that aren't the running back. We'll see what else we get to. So far, we've done uh, receiver and uh, linebacker, as those have been positions that have, have garnered some. Yeah, there've uh, been uh, just award watches. You want to yeah, we... touch on the guys that I, I know? It's probably been on on the nightcap, and it's probably yeah. been on all the other stuff. But you want to touch on those guys that uh, just? I mean, you just name them and what award that they've been preseason nominated for, and we can move on from that. Because if they want more detailed stuff, I'm sure you can point them in the yeah. right direction. Uh, Nick Nick Mardner, the receiver transfer from Hawaii, uh, is up for the Blitnikoff. Um, Ivan Pace and Deshaun Pace, the Pace brothers, uh, up for the Butkus Award watch. And uh, both Lenny Taylor and Josh Wiley are up for, I don't remember the name of the tight end award, but they are up for the uh, tight end of the year watch. Because we got guys that get awards here. Yeah. My school discovered the or polio. So <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up. But Some Cronin quote, sorry. You want to go ahead and uh, um, follow I, the week? I, well, well I, I'm, I was just going to say, um, 
last year we did we had a lot of guys who won awards that weren't on any watch lists mm-hmm. um so i would not be surprised if you see some guys emerge that haven't gotten the preseason hype as chad and i've talked about there are so many question marks on this roster not because there isn't talent there but we just don't know who's going to be in those roles which one's going to rise to the top where right. and who's going right. to so it should be going to answer the bell per se should be a lot of fun to to see how how camp emerges and obviously you know we're going to ramp up a lot of that bearcat coverage here as well sure it'll fill the it'll fill our uh Thank God. I can't it'll wait for the our, summer to be over. Fill, it'll fill our Reds void. <laughs> I um, can't wait we'll for have, the summer. We'll have Bengals, we'll have Bearcats. Got a lot of stuff to talk about with that. And then obviously things start rolling here. And basketball's and, right around the corner after that. And for those of you listening, watching, whatever, uh, we do still have the uh, the Bearcat Nation Facebook page, which exploded to almost 14,000 members last year. So you can jump in there and chop it up with folks about the Bearcats uh, as much as you want. Cool. Ed? Bum a week? Let's go. You're training like a damn bum, you know that? Bum. A bum! You are a bum! You're a bum! And that's all you'll ever be! A bum! Well, that hurts, man. So, this show had a, uh, a dalliance with Nick Castellanos's brother as we became close friends um, for a time until he disappeared to Philly. Nick, that I invited him on tonight. We we have I I have not I have not heard Jeff has not heard and has not heard from Ryan Castellanos in quite some time. But it was fun while it lasted, and that's how you have to look at every good breakup. But. That said, uh, Nick Cassiano seems to be back to his old ways of dealing with the media. Um, he never dealt with the media in that way here, per se. People say he never dealt with the media like that here. I disagree. Um, there, there was a clip. Do you have the clip, Ed? I do. Now you hit play. I did hit play. It's playing. It's there's no audio. In any case, uh, audio? no. Um, in any case, hit audio. Sorry. He was. It's it's fine. Um, basically, a, a reporter asked him if he heard the booze from the stadium in Philly, um, as he has not. He's been slumping, uh, and he essentially told the reporter, "No, it's a stupid question. I lost my hearing. Yeah, no, I. I it's a stupid question." Don't ask me a stupid, stupid question. question. It's rhetorical. What do you mean? It's a rhetorical question. It's a stupid question. Don't ask me a stupid question. Like, I think he said stupid question about 17 times. Of then he asked the rest of the reporters if they could tell him why it was a stupid question. Yeah, he did do that. Um, the first reporter, off, by the way, his name is uh, Jim Salisbury. He, you can't ask a question like that and not expect that type of a response, right? Right. Like we've seen, we've seen media here get shit on when they ask stupid questions. C. Trent and Brandon Phillips were not friends, and C. Trent's been dealing with his own Twitter mess this week. Um, not getting into that. No, but 
Um, you know, there there's just been some some weird things that people have asked, even here in Cincinnati. But I, I think when you are asking a guy who came and signed for a hundred million dollars, uh, did you hear the boos when they have been booing? And let's be real, Philly is going to Philly. They threw snowballs at Santa. Like you can't it's, be surprised that they're booing anybody in Philly. It's well, I guess he's. I mean, obviously, like we. I don't follow like the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't follow like any of that. Or, they fired Joe Girardi I mean? this year. They're not like, doing well. Like I don't. I don't follow that. So I guess he's like kind of been having like a little bit of a rough stretch. Yeah. But somebody tweeted out like he's got like the second most hits on the team this year. Well, he was leading the team in hits when it happened when when that whole interview happened if i'm not mistaken i mean it's wild but like i i don't know uh, i understand it's a like, different place and it, it it's much like you said Aaron. like philly's going to philly like that's just kind of yeah. what you come to expect out of those like i mean it it's it's very much a what have you done for me lately kind of place like sure you could be on top of the world yesterday and then like you know maybe today you lose a ball in the lights and now you're like public enemy number 1 but when you ask a player if you heard the booze, you can't can't be surprised when you get that type of response. Like, what do you want him to say? Like, I mean, he can give you he can give you player talk and be like, "Yeah, I, I've hit a rough stretch. I'm been working on it every day." Like, do you but want that's the not, but that's not Cassianus. He doesn't bullshit oh. you. He never will bullshit you. So I mean, that's the thing. You... I understand what the the, the reporter is. Is stupid question. I understand what he was trying to get. Like he was trying to get a response to the booze, right? So, but you don't say. Did you? I don't hear think the he booze? was. I don't think he. Was. I think he was looking then for. He, came, he was looking he was for looking the for bullshit patty cake answer. He, that's. What I he just wanted. assumed he was just trying to get a response to the booze because at that point you just say, "Do you have?" You know, obviously, you heard, obviously there were some booze that when you struck out. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Looking, I mean, I'm no, I'm no Chad Brandle or 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 you know Mo Egger, but I mean, I know that's the right question to ask. He was looking for the bullshit patty cake answer. I want to hear coach speak, if you will. Like, I mean, you know that term. So I, I think that's what he was looking for, and it, that's certainly not what he got. And I think he got everything he deserved. Absolutely. I, so I mean, and then, and then, tried to then step on up. top, yeah, that, that was the other part of it. Like, on top on top of the fact that he asked a stupid question and then didn't like the fact that, like, Cassianos told him it was a stupid question, he then, like, tried to come back at him, like, well, if it's a stupid question, why can't you answer it? And it was like, yo, guy, like, for one... If it's a you're in, question. you're in, you're in the locker room, like that's that that's his place. I'm I'm sure there's rules, whatever he's got to talk. Place. He's got he's got to end, but like that's his space to be in. And like you're, yes, he understand. He he's a professional athlete, right? He understands he's hit a rough stretch. Like I don't know how long it's been going on, none of that kind of stuff. I don't have the context of that, but I do know that he probably understands that he's not performing as well as he would like or as well as he can. Yeah, and you're gonna come at him like that, Ridiculous. and knowing Nick Cassianos, he's probably already beating himself up over that. Right. So, yep, I agree with the bum of the week. We'll take I back, also we'll am back. going to uh, go back to last week um, and have my bum of the week that I was gonna bring up. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Hold on. Hold on. No, because I want I want your opinion, Ed. I know you can still hear me. Get back in here. So this this kind of is like a, a big heart. for those that don't know the World Athletic Championships were going on the last like week and a half ish 
uh, which the U.S. did win uh, 33 medals, and that eclipsed the East German record of 32 medals won at a World Athletics Championships. Uh, World Athletics Championships are like track and field. They're the U.S. did very well. Uh, as I... A record so old, there were two Germanys. Correct. And the East Germans uh, were, all. I mean, a lot of the thing going on then, they were running a state-sponsored doping program. So, uh, Whoopsie. Yeah. Like, but they don't, they haven't taken some of the records down. They probably should. That's a, another story for another day. However, Ed, let me ask you your opinion on this. If you're on the starting line, what to you would constitute a false start? Uh, running before the gun? I don't know if Aaron's seen this story. 0.001. Do you know who Devin Allen is, Ed? Name sounds familiar. He was a wide receiver. He yeah. played for the University of, of Oregon. He's been he's at a camp. He signed a kind of a, a camp deal kind of thing to, to try to make the uh Philadelphia Eagles. However, he is a world class hurdler over the 110 meter hurdles. The U.S. probably would have swept the 110 meter hurdles. He, in fact, had the fastest time in the world this year uh, as a hurdler. On the line, the gun went off, and then it went off again to signal a false start because his foot left the pad. The pad, like the his block, has a pad in it that mm-hmm. registers when his foot leaves. He was judged to have left the pad point. Zero nine nine seconds after the gun went off, <clears throat> and that was deemed to be a false start because they say that the human body, or the humans, can't react faster than point one. A tenth. See, I don't think you want my opinion on this. I think you want Troy Copain's opinion on this. Why is that? Clock. Uh Connecticut. Wow. Oh, I thought he was going to play like an, an audio. I, I thought he had a clip. I was waiting for it. He didn't have a clip. But they, so they said basically that he, really rea- they said he reacted uh, you know, too fast to the gun, even though the, uh, the governing body back in 2009, actually they published an article where they said that it should be lowered to 0.08. Um, it hasn't been. That's the rules kind of fall on the that's so, 0.079. For, for those who are doing math. That, that's the difference yeah. between what they thought yeah. and, and what it, it was. So he uh, he reacted at 0. 0.099, which is 0. 0.001 too fast. It was ridiculous. And he's like, the other thing is, obviously the championships were at Hayward Field, which is Oregon. Yeah, he's like, okay, back yeah. at his co- Yeah, he's at it in like, yeah. and he walked over in the the... The officials like stand there. They have like a little review board show or whatever. And he's like, you, you were too fast. You were too fast. And it, it was, it was awful. I mean, it, it was kind of a, a, a black guy on the, uh, on the, the championships there. Cause there was a lot of people that are big in the track world that were, you know, pointing out that that's, it seems a little crazy to like tell someone uh, you fall started after the gun went off. I agree. So he was my, that, that official, uh, Really, the World Athletics Board, whatever, but that official, because he was the one that made the call there, he had to be my bum of the week last week, but nobody knew about it because I Ed, left. You got an AEW minute? 
Uh, I don't have any AEW news, but I mean, obviously, we've seen that Vince McMahon is no longer with the WWF. Although there are some people saying that he's still with WWE. Yeah, WWE. Sorry, whatever. Uh, Triple H has made his return uh, to the WWE. He's part of uh, Creative now. Um, Stephanie's so taking over. Stephanie's apparently going to take over. She's the most, most powerful woman in sports entertainment now. Brock Lesnar uh, walked away. He walked away for a short bit, but he did come back. He, he had a little emotional outburst, but but he came back. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of these guys are tweeting about how much you know their their obviously their careers would not be what they what they would have been without without you know Vince McMahon. He made a lot of those decision makings on their character um, and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, it's a sad day for the for the wrestling industry, but. You know, as soon as we bring PG-13 Rawls back, I think it's going to be fine. Some might say it was uh, a little too late. Should have happened a while ago, but... Some would say that. That is correct, yes. Yeah, some would say that. So, just saying. Not, not but necessarily, I can get Tony not Khan, necessarily all, all sentiments and, and sadness. Tony Khan, the, the guy who owns AEW, said he... Instead of you know congratulating Vince on the long career, no, he, he congratulated himself, he, longest tenured owner in, in wrestling. I mean that's <laughs> that's a move. I love it. I'm here that's for a move. It. Chad, did you have something to say about wrestling? No, he, he he good. Okay, I didn't know why he popped in. Okay, well, because oh he yes, he does. Uh, yes, yes, he does. I mean, Stephanie's uh, Triple H has taken over creative. Yeah, but some some people say that uh, Vince is giving him. Maybe that's why it's going to be PG thirteen again. He also apparently gave up all his stock, or something like that. Look, all if his I, shares. If there's anybody I really want running creative, it's Triple H. Like, yeah, like yeah. DX attitude. Yeah. Like that guy lived it, right? Like, yeah, that guy understands what it what it takes to make that company. Great. That that's the problem right now. There's no rock. There's no Triple H. There's no Stone Cold. Like it's just. Eh. Yeah. Eh. No. Definitely. Him and him and Shawn Michaels because you know Shawn Michaels is his right hand man right now. Yeah. But him and Shawn well, Michaels at the helm. Shawn Michaels is Triple H's right hand man. That's breaking news. Ed. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, glad <laughs> I could, I'm glad I could get that out there for you. Uh, but you know, it should it should be interesting to what happens SummerSlam this weekend. Next weekend, I have no idea. I don't. I don't this weekend, it. is it this weekend? It is. Now, now is the question is is SummerSlam? Jeff, you might know the answer to this. Paramount, right? Is WWE or is that the other one? What? No, Paramount WWE, Plus. Or? No, that's on. It's on the Peacock network. WWE's Peacock. So that's okay. So Peacock. Um, if I download the, it's on the seven, cock, Ed. yeah, it's on the cock. if I download the seven day trial of the Peacock network, um, can I watch? the SummerSlam for free. Yes. Probably. Can you yeah. really? Yeah. If you have a Peacock subscription, you get every, it's just like back in the day when they, like for that brief time, the when WWE, they had the WWE, yeah. WWE, uh, app. network. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. But yeah, you you, if you have the weekend. Peacock subscription, you can go in there and watch shot this old, weekend. you can watch old wrestling stuff. Fantastic. Um, and that was five minutes of all of us knowing more about wrestling than Ed. So that was another episode of Part in the Punctuation. Again, thank you for joining us, Nick Kirby. Thank you for joining us, anybody who is watching. This was another episode of PTP for 
Ed Mayhall for Jeff Howell. I'm Aaron Smith, and we're out. What? See.